Hi, Phil Saunders. Hi, Rick Baker. Thanks for bringing me a beer. That's okay. How are you? Uh, yeah, really good. Good. Um, really good. Uh, I've been like ill over Christmas and yeah. New Year, like everybody I know. And um, I got loads of beer for Christmas off loads of lovely people, like my father-in-law. Yeah. Got me a massive box of this stuff. Yeah. And I was too poorly to drink it. <laughs> like on like second <laughs> of Jan, sort of putting the Christmas decorations away, getting the house straight. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, and I, I purposely put the box of beer in the garage. Right. Out of temptation's way. Yeah. And I sort of looked in the box, and there was one gone. And I was like, over. Two weeks off over Christmas, yeah. a season of merriment, and just looked at this sorry one bottle-sized gap in this massive <laughs> box. I, like, I can't believe I didn't even make a dent in that. So yeah, I, drank I thought I'd bring some for you. Drank a ton over Christmas. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I kind of joked that over Christmas I maybe drank more than I maybe had that year. Right, um, yeah. Just uh, s- something gets in me like dark nights, festive spirit. I uh, yeah. I get quite excited, and uh, I, seem, I seem to drink a fair bit. And it was funny because my, my my parents seem to think I drink a lot. For some reason, yeah, my mum worries um, about me. Like I never, yeah. I, I hardly see her, and yeah, if she does see me and I've got a drink, yeah, oh, you drink too much. <laughs> She's yeah. never seen it. I don't actually. I d- I, I had a fair bit to drink with my dad and, and family over Christmas, and he kind of said like, yeah, you know, like you live and might shut down. Like I was like, honestly, like, you get into a funny age now, Rick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I was like, I've kind of been like. Out of all, out of my twenty nine years so far, Dad, I was like, this has been the best one. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I've drank the most water this year than I probably have. Yeah. In, you know, so I was like, yeah, don't worry, Dad. But it's just n- natural, isn't it, for Dad to worry? So when you opened the door to let me in, yeah, and I was on my phone. And I started to laugh. And mm-hmm. I wasn't, but I was filling in my water drinking app. <laughs> How <laughs> sad is that? Right, your January and New yeah. Year, and you're full of like. I had this many glasses today. I'll add yeah. a few more just so the app thinks I'm healthy. So uh, when I spoke to Reggie, I kind of talked to him about New Year's resolutions and, and, yeah. and stuff. Uh, have you got any, any, any New Year's resolutions? Anything you really want to lay yeah. out this year? Or um, these these things, um, like I just look at my phone. I'm on my phone all the time. Shit. It's really yeah. bad. Um, especially I've got, I've got kids. Well, uh-huh. I've, uh, I've got a new child now. Yeah, yeah. Child number two. Congrats. Last, yeah, second and final child. Uh, thank you. Um, and it's just like, you know, like you see those memes about like kids being able to smell phones. Yeah. You know, like a kid can smell a phone from like 500 yards away. Like even the baby, like she sat on my knee and we're doing whatever and my phone just lights up. She's just like, hmm, and they're kind of like yeah, going yeah. for it. Obviously, it's just a little light up box to her. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing. It's a brand new yeah. toy, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, I think that at six months old, she's kind of cottoned on to the fact that everyone's got one of these things and everyone's always on it and pushing it and sliding it. Mm-hmm. So she's just like, well, I, I won't have a go. You know, yeah, it's cost. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm not going to preach, you know, like when, you know, aunties or friends or whatever, I, uh-huh. I'm not going to be like, put your phone away around the baby, but I just want to try and do it a little bit less myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I used, uh, I had a previous career, <laughs> let's say, yeah. where my phone was like, it just went on 20, it was 24 seven. I didn't mind. I'm uh-huh. not complaining about it, but, um, like it was like it was a twenty four seven phone, you know, uh-huh. texts, WhatsApp, tweets, Twitter messages, Facebook, yeah. Facebook page, notifications. Like it, w- it just went all the time. Yeah. So me and my missus are trying to like six o'clock, put the phones away. Yeah. Good. Get, them, get them out at ten and have like a mad half Great hour. Just <laughs> 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 refresh that Instagram and then put it away again. Great move. I, I, Maybe. Um, no, uh, I it's going to bed, isn't it? It's good for you. It's so good for your psychological health. I mean, I, like I have a job where I have to be on my phone all the time, yeah. and um, all these these podcasts are almost a fucking great break for me because I just go, so yeah, that's over there, and uh, yeah, 
although I, I very much work nine to five, nine to six, whatever, um, I'm really aware that we, we the the company that I work for and some of the brands that I work for have a lot of um, like Facebook groups and stuff like that that we all it, they're almost like um, ways of just emptying our brain. So if you have that idea, we'll put it in a certain Facebook group, yeah, um, or a WhatsApp group, and then maybe not explore it till the next day but if you're yeah. not careful you can get really good at just just going oh so-and-so said that at fucking midnight and i'll do it i'll, I'll yeah, post something yeah. at nine o'clock and i don't expect a response of anybody but they might check it and see it and it's it's, it's all good without without being aware of it and without acknowledging it you can be on your phone 24 7 yeah and I f- like sometimes i feel like just fucking throwing it off the transporter <laughs> bridge and yeah. that's but it we need them like don't we, we love them really kind of want a flip yeah. phone where I just go I text my girlfriend saying yeah I'm still alive <laughs> yeah. and like that's it and if anyone needs yeah. me they'll phone me and, and yeah yeah it'll ring yeah yeah I, I, I do that classic thing of like oh, I'm gonna have an early night tonight I'm gonna go to bed at 10 o'clock mm-hmm. and like you think you're dead good and you go up the stairs 10 o'clock I'm going to bed and then oh actually that new Will Smith f- films on Netflix <laughs> and actually I'll just sit on Instagram and then before you know it you, you, you are going to sleep at 1am yeah probably uh, doing some damage because you're sat in the bed like that yeah, that's that's not good for yeah, you. You, you went mad with me for watching. I watched Blade Runner <laughs> like that, and you were mad. That's what I was doing. Going, so I just watched Blade Runner on my phone. Yeah. On your phone. Yeah, oh I yeah, d- just like that with my headphones in, going, oh, it's not, it's not all it's cracked up to be that Blade Runner. <laughs> I mean, needs must, and I, I, I get that. Obviously, you have children, and you might not be able to watch it on a massive that telly. That is my window. Yeah, that ten or twelve is like. So I get it. I uh, watch interestingly, a, watch I, I, I didn't have a go at someone yesterday, but I kind of did because they watched it. Uh, they watched a film that isn't hasn't been released in the UK yet, but it's been released in America in December. Yeah. Um, and it looks like it's going to be a visually unbelievable film. Yeah. And this this person said, "Oh yeah, I'm just Was watching it." Avatar it. Too? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> it's all right. And they uh, they said they they were watching like a pirated copy online, which. Like, I'm not even going to get into. Um, it's fine if people want to do it, they want to do it. But my argument was they're going to watch, like, the equivalent of watching a film. Like, if you think about all the effort and all the time that's gone into making a film yeah. and how glorious a film's going to look, yeah. and then you watch a fucking copy <laughs> yeah. on, like, watchfilms.net, and yeah. it's been, like, filmed on a 3210, and yeah. then you watch it, and you tell you, and you just go, I like, I just feel, and then people go, oh, yeah, the film was shit, and I'm like, yeah, because you're watching it on a fucking laptop, and it's yeah. hard, it, oh, like, let me get me started, so, yeah, so I kind of, like, <laughs> you should do a, do a podcast about that, yeah, uh, yeah, so I was, I was kind of like, yeah, you can't really, like, judge this film on that because you're not doing just wait till february their argument was and it's fair enough because they the americans got a release in december yeah. so they do they wanted to avoid spoilers in the in said I film so, yeah. um yeah. and they're really excited about this film coming out and i just kind of said yeah we'll just turn your blinkers off till february but yeah. it's, it's I've hard i've managed it's to avoid any star wars spoilers and i mean the film still out. yeah it was six yeah. weeks now last jedi's been out yeah, yeah. i have no idea what happens don't, don't tell it's great <laughs> and like yeah, i'm going yeah. to see it with my dad next week because oh, cool. like yeah we, we always kind of go and see the star wars films together and he hasn't had cha- we, we just haven't had a chance to kind yeah. of sync up i've already seen it and i'm like i'm excited yeah come see it with my dad if you want yeah, um, yeah no, i could do with the do the friends yeah so. it's uh but yeah the similar thing because a few guys at work were like oh have you seen it and i was like no don't fucking talk to me i'm gonna yeah, go upstairs if you want to talk yeah. about it Everyone's yeah being very good um but the the beauty of that is it came out in england and america at the same time so everybody has an equal opportunity yes to go and see it so or a whinge about it on the internet yeah yeah, 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 yeah worst yeah. film ever 
<laughs> yeah. Did you see Laura Jane Grace from Against Me was like absolutely like railing against it. So really? Like, yeah, I followed your franchise for 27 years. <laughs> you owe me a good movie. Uh, but Amazing. anyway. Yeah. Um, it's subjective, isn't it? Some yeah, some I liked like it. Stuff I can that understand. Other people don't like. Yeah, I can understand why people might not have liked it, but uh, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Looking at that Star Wars blaster on your arm, thinking, "There's hands yeah, blasting." Shit, yeah, shit, Phil might not. <laughs> it's it's funny because I. Um, oh shit! I keep just knocking my. my I know. No, it's really sorry. It's, it's a mad setup. It's good. Um, yeah, I I was kind of talking to like a massive Star Wars fan recently. Yeah. Um, and it's. I've got a new job, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm surrounded by a lot of new people. Yeah, uh, I was trying not to mention it, but it just for the purpose yeah, of yeah, the story. Right, yeah, yeah. So I'm sat at a table with two absolutely like the girl who sits there and the girl who sits there in my in the uh-huh. office. I nearly said my office there. <laughs> <Comfortably. Yeah. laughs> um, so in my my office, the girl sits there and goes sits there. Massive like they go to Forbidden Planet on a lunchtime and they're absolutely lovely and Shit, absolutely, okay, yeah, yeah. absolutely class. Um, and they were like, "Oh, you have like Star Wars tattoos," but like I have a long sleeved shirt at work and like yeah. no one's seen them and I don't know how it came up but someone said like oh I think like this tattoo was peeping out right it's like oh you got some tattoos yeah I've got a few oh what have you got oh I got some Star Wars tattoos and they were like their faces lit up like get the tattoos <laughs> out it's like ah oh, d- it's a bit early it's a bit early. you can sort of see the other 30 people in the office kind of so starting like, to look around oh like yeah that's some new guys, new guys gonna get his ta- tattoo yeah yeah um, so I was like well maybe give it, let's give it another couple of weeks guys before I start Funny, I remember working at um, working at Garland's and someone saying to me, and I had a few tattoos at that point. I think I was only seventeen, <gasps> but oh my god, I know. Um, a few people were like, "You just don't seem like the type of person that would have tattoos." And <laughs> I was like, "Because yeah, you it's don't it's fucking know me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's because I've done is talk shit to horrible customers for want to do broadbands and. Uh, but yeah, it's f- funny what a show can do. Now I imagine, like they've got no choice. Enough congratulations um, on both hands. Yeah, quite scary, isn't it? I yeah. uh, I kind of mentioned on the last podcast that I've kind of well not dug my own grave. Um, it's probably a oh morbid way to say it, but I kind of I got one done in March and when I when I checked my Instagram and then I got my other one done like last month just because I, I was felt horribly unbalanced. Yeah. Um, and now I'm like I'm really aware, really really aware that yeah. um, career progression and stuff like that. I th- I don't think it'll stop me, but I think I'll have to work extra hard because I, I feel like there'll yeah. always people who say, mm, you know, yeah, he has those tattoos on his hands, and then everyone will go, yeah, but he's fucking like unbelievable at this. Yeah. But if maybe I didn't have the tattoos on my hands, uh, I'd maybe get away with just being mediocre at something. I liked what you were saying when you were talking to Reggie about it almost kind of sort of setting your own path or, or, or ensuring that you will be on a path, you'll be in a creative industry, or yeah. you'll be employed, not by necessarily, but with people of a similar mindset uh, but I've, i'm just a chicken and mine are going to stop there <laughs> so that it's if i do want to go and work at big jump if yeah. i do decide to be prime minister one day yeah I'm yeah maybe yeah. mayor mayor of middleborough yeah. i think <laughs> take me then 15 can be years like longer long, uh, yeah. long sleeve mayor of middleborough yeah i mean i've yeah. I've, I've got i totally understand if people don't or do want neck or hand tattoos it's totally up to them i just um i almost i feel like i didn't put that much thought into it uh, I probably did because here we are talking about it so much. But yeah, I just yeah, I just kind of just thought I did it, and I have a bit of a switch. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's probably not a good switch, which is my I call it my fuck it switch. Yep. I just go yeah, fuck it, let's do it, and uh, it's led to some good decisions and, and some bad decisions. Yeah. So so yeah, so there we are. Um, so you're still in the band, aren't you? You're in a band called Brutal. 
Yeah, Bruto. Um, I'm technically, well, I'm in two bands. Okay. Uh, the Gimme Gimmicks. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. An expertly titled Gimme Gimmies tribute to a tribute act. Tribute of a tribute, yeah. Um, and Bruto, yeah. Uh, we, uh, I've always been in bands. Uh-huh. At, at times, I've been in many bands at the same time. Um, ju- just because I like being in bands, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and I think it was the same for Kev, who plays guitar in Bruto. Yeah. W- we had a, a, a period of about, maybe it was a year, I don't know, maybe more, where the only band we were in was the Gimme Gimmicks. Yeah. Who are, which we play covers. Yeah. Um, it's obviously, b- it's, it's a direct rip-off, intentionally, uh, a beautiful homage to the American band, Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. Yeah. Um, and for a year... All we did was that, which was fun. You know, like when you're playing popular songs that everyone knows, everyone's dancing, everyone's singing, you get paid 10 times more than when you're in that originals band. Yeah. Um, and we just got like as sad as it is in our late 30s. We were like really missed writing a song, uh-huh. having a band practice, yeah, working things out um, and, 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 you know, booking a gig in some crap venue with a crap PA <laughs> playing for 10 people. <laughs> Uh, w- we really missed that. As yeah, sad yeah, as that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Let's drive to, you know, concert. Ashington yeah, <laughs> concert on a Thursday night for 30 quid uh, to play to 12 people. Uh, because a lot of these sentences might, I'm, I think I'm going to say this a lot tonight, but without sounding like a bigot, right? But without yeah. sounding like a bigot. Okay. I think that every band I've been in has been good. Yeah. And that's, that's a sort of wanky thing to say. That's right. But I think, uh, uh, maybe I'm speaking for Kev here as well, is you play those gigs and you still come off and someone comes over and goes, man, that was mint. Or yeah. you were the best band. Why are you guys playing here in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> and it's just like a nice little buzz. And it's like, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's like, it's, like I said, it's really wanky. But um, yeah, kind of kind of missed that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so yeah, we're, we're doing it. But then like, I've got two children. Everyone's got full-time jobs. Kind of got to go to your job when you're this age because you've got to get paid to pay that mortgage. Yeah, uh, and everyone's kind of older and um, very very busy. The, the guys, it's basically like it's like the guy who runs Cuba on mm-hmm. bass, Simon. Uh, yeah, so Simon si- yeah. Simon Cuba's on the bass. Uh, Jones, he's on drums. He works for like a big theatre company. He's like a technician, yeah. but he also works in the Empire doing all the lights. Yeah. Um, Kev's obviously Johnny Two Jobs. He's he works for he, he has a, a job in planning. Like, yeah, uh, but yeah. he also DJs at Sumo. Yeah. A uh, popular local rock club. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, and then I've kind of, you know, been, I've had like the craziest two months of my life, like ever, like absolutely ever. But um, so <laughs> when it comes to the, the band chat, hey, so we have a band practice. You know, every band's got that band chat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's usually just full of memes and like horrific porn or, or whatever. <laughs> but um, every now and again, it was like, should we have a band practice? And it's, it's bad, man. We never rehearse. We yeah. were like, I think Bruto could be uh, amazing. Okay. Like, again, I'm going to sound like a bit of a big head, right? But if this band rehearsed every week, yeah. just once a week, like, uh, like, yeah, I think that the fact that we've all dedicated the most minimal amount of time humanly possible to it, and we've got seven songs, yeah, three, yeah, yeah. three of which are absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah. And you, know, you kind of put them out there and you get like a little tweet going, this is like the best song I've ever heard in my life. I'm like... I wrote it in. I wrote it in the four minutes while I was waiting for Jonesy to put a drum kit together. Yeah, you know, yeah, kind of like yeah. there's three chords. Let's try this. Wow, wow. So, God, if we ever got fifteen minutes to write a song, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Or would yeah. you get lost? Would you get lost in that whole like oh, songwriting thing? So there's a beauty in that. Like I'll just fucking write a song and then like, yeah, it's the yeah. best song in the world. For the the the, the, the funny thing with, sorry. 
No, after you. I just the the <laughs> funny thing with with race was always when race kind of dissipated and we kind of just slowed to ground to a halt and kind of stopped doing stuff. Um, was that I, I I then started doing a bit more like martial arts and stuff and blah blah, blah and doing a lot of self assessment and kind of looking at you know realizing that like hard work equals good results oh, it's depressing isn't it yeah but yeah. I kind of looked at race and I went I didn't even fucking try and <laughs> yeah. none of us did yeah, and know, like Char- Charlton might have tried a little bit harder than the rest of us but I went oh my god if I even put 5% yeah. of my energy yeah. into that band dare I say if you were 10 years younger well yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and that was, but the, we, that was like we, the number one thing in your life we got to it? an insanely good point we got yeah. signed we played festivals we did fucking really well and I went oh shit yeah imagine if we tried <laughs> like yeah. a year later it was too late but I went Oh God, yeah, like, yeah, we, we could have actually done something there. Like, it's, it's strange, isn't it? Yeah, I always go back to a, a thing, and I call it the Ruben factor. Uh-huh. I was gonna—I've been meaning for ten years to sit down and write this as a blog post. Not okay, that I've got a blog. I'm talking but, um, now, but yeah, the Ruben factor in my head is, and I—it uh, was like a really sobering, depressing point in my kind of wannabe rock star career. Yeah, moment when I realised that there's no point. <laughs> this is going to get a bit dark. Okay, Just yeah, like, I'm a very positive I'm guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a very positive guy. But yeah. I had this moment of realisation where I realised that there's absolutely no point and I, I or we or whatever band I was in at the time, we're never going to be on the front cover of that magazine. We're never going to play a song on the telly. We're never going to be anything because of the Ruben factor. So Ruben, I think, are the best band in the world. Yeah, and you band. listen, you listen to Ruben albums and the artwork. Like when you, when you're an unsigned band and you start a band, you go right. What's really important? Mm-hmm. We need some really good songs. Yeah. Maybe we want to get on like a tour with a famous band. Our our artwork's got to be amazing. We've got to try and get in Krang. And this is a long time ago, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's always little like milestones that you want to hit. And I guess at the time I was probably thinking. If I do all these things, uh-huh. then I will become as big as Guns N' Roses. In okay. my naive little 19-year-old head or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Ruben factors, you look at Ruben and they've got amazing songs. They've got some of the biggest, most catchiest choruses ever. If only I could write a catchy song that gets in people's heads. Itching to listen to Ruben now. In. Like, I, I just want to put them on now. And, and again, as a kid, obviously. you're thinking, if only I could write a song that's, good, uh, uh, that's really catchy, then maybe my band will become famous. But yeah. Ruben, so they've got the songs. Uh, they've got a charismatic, hilarious frontman. Mm-hmm. They've got amazing, cool, kooky artwork. Um, they're like, they're, they're like a little bit different. There's no one quite like Rubens. So they've got that USP, unique selling point. Uh-huh. Um, and then they've got a record deal. And then they were on the tours. They supported like Billy Talent. Have, have yeah, you seen yeah, the yeah. Ruben I was on that tour. Yeah, yeah. No way. No, I wasn't on the tour. Sorry, I yeah. went <laughs> to that tour. Fuck yeah. Hell. yeah. So, so the tour with the world with like uh, Billy Talent. They did a lot of stuff with Biffy Clyro. Some 41 offering. They got all a lot of good. Bricks, I, yeah. th- I think, as a band. Yeah, yeah. Jamie Lenman from Ruben would probably completely disagree with my theory here, but okay. the Ruben effect is that even with all those boxes ticked, the milestones done, at the end of it, they just went, should you just pack this in, lads? <laughs> like, it's just not... <laughs> so, uh, yeah? yeah? And, like, there was only ever... I don't know. Uh, Devil's Advocate, do you not think they had a fucking great time doing it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I think that the, the, the Ruben the Ruben theory or the Ruben hypothesis yeah, yeah, yeah. in my head or whatever was it kind of made me think like in a very positive way uh-huh. like just relax let's start a band for fun like I was in Exit by Name yeah yeah, yeah. and the Ruben f- the hypothesis dawned on me and I was just like God relax like I was like you know coming out of gigs going well 
I wish we hadn't done that gig because like we played that song a bit fast then or, effect on or, yeah, or, or, yeah yeah and kind of analyzing every every little thing and uh, it, when I was much younger I was in a band called Helter Skelter yeah and we had like this in completely bonkers um manager yeah American guys from LA and we got a management so contract so brought him up <laughs> so what <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to talk to you about him <laughs> we can yeah, talk yeah. to you about him yeah so we were four kids from Billingham who had this guy from Los Angeles. Richard from Los Angeles is on the phone, okay. Phil, on the landline. Yeah, yeah. Thank, put you on this. When was this? So this is... Um, before I go back and tell this story, yeah. I guess the, the point I was rambling on yeah, to sorry, there yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I just took it so seriously. Helter Skelter practiced every day. We videotaped, yeah. videotaped with a tape and yeah. a video recorder, uh, taped our practices at practice, and we would go back to Stu's house, the singer, and we'd get a pizza in the oven, and we'd sit there, and we would watch the tape of our Shit. practice. Like, hey, Stu, would you, yeah, no, I know I shouldn't be stood like that. I should stand more like this. Should, should our straps be longer? I don't know. How, how long is the guy from Soundgarden strapped? It's like really <laughs> long. Okay, go to Bandland tomorrow. Yeah. Put on the list, the to-do list. And Stu would have this, like one of these pads of squared paper and he had the craziest writing. So, like, go to Bandland and get Phil a longer strap. Yeah. And it was just constantly like, I mean, God. I God, don't think God any bless band it, God bless the them, we tried. At the minute, it's... it's putting that much effort I know, yeah, into it. because, and again, maybe we should have relaxed and, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not saying it was a bad thing. I'm, I'm saying <laughs> maybe bands are lazy now. I yeah. just... Um, so, yeah, so Hell Skelter was four kids from Billingham. Yeah. Uh, me and Ian and Kevin Stu, and we, we, we changed... Well, we'll get the name changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we did what... Every, uh, right, so this is before Facebook, before MySpace. The internet was like a thing where you had to plug your computer into the phone line and you yeah. couldn't use the phone while the computer was loading. that, yeah. Dial-up internet. So to get a record deal, what I would do is I would go to Billingham Library. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah, it's and fucked, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, so I, I went to the doctors, which apparently I'm so registered to the yeah, doctors yeah. in Billingham. And I was like, yeah, I'll check out the library. It's I used to go to it as a kid. It's, it's just a fucking bomb shelter. I was like... It like took a really miserable picture and put it on my Instagram. You know what Sorry, Claire anyway. said to me? That building should be used for something. And a bomb shelter. You just <laughs> hit the nail on the head. <laughs> yeah. the, the, B, the BBS, the building of bomb shelter. Yeah. So I would go. This is, I don't think anyone knows this. I don't think I've ever... When I think... I was worried I would have nothing to talk about today. And here we are. So we, I found a thing to talk a about. Yeah, we'll be fine. So I'd go to Billingham Library. And they had... Um, what libraries had in the olden days was they had a copy of Every Yellow Pages... Right. I don't know why they had that, but they did. So my genius <laughs> idea was I'd go, da, 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 L, L, L. Right, I'll go to the London Yellow Pages. Yeah. I'll go to R for record companies. Yeah. And there'll be all the addresses and phone numbers of the record companies. And I will send them a tape. Yeah. Because CDs, no, we'd send them a tape yeah, yeah, yeah. of our new songs. So got there, go, L, oh, there's like 17 London Yellow Pages because there's Central London, East London, North East London, right. South. I was like, right, there's, there's like every district of London has its own yellow pages. So okay. there's this kid in Billingham, like 19 going. <laughs> and I, I fucking wrote them all out. I've got these bits of paper somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrote them all out. Um, didn't type them because you didn't have computers in those days unless you were posh. I was slightly posh family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I mailed them all tapes. I got nothing back. No, nobody was interested. Right. Um, I, I actually, one, one person wrote back and it was a guy from... I think it was the company the name of the company was Mouse Records. Right. And the guy who'd wrote the letter back saying, Thanks for the demo, really enjoyed it. Not looking for any acts right now. And the guy from Mouse Records was called Dave Clark. Now that's just a name. It's a very common name. Yeah, yeah. But my mum and dad were like, That's Dave Clark from the Dave Clark Five. So this letter was kind of <laughs> paraded around Billingham Golf Club. 
Oh, my son got a letter from <laughs> Dave Clark the other day. And it. all these like 56 year old guys are like, what? Yeah, Jim, oh, Dave's yeah. son got a letter from the Dave Clark. The Dave Clark he five. He's he probably like a 15 year old in his bedroom <laughs> called Dave Clark. Anyway, so, sorry, I'm knocking it's the right. mic. So, we did what every band, the, the big no no of the time was there's all these, there's these companies that would say, if you give us 200 quid, we'll put your song on a CD. And we'll send that CD to every record label in London. Right. And there, was, there were kind of PR companies. like in the, It was like the early days of like, I guess they were like, well, word on the street. You know, if you went to like, if you went to your smack meeting, which was the Stockton Music Arts Collective. Okay. And, you know, kind of young bands would sit in the Georgian Theatre with Dom and Paul Burns. And we'd all listen to advice on how to be famous. And okay. it was like, ooh, you know, these scams going around and they're just taking money. And anyway, we did it. Yeah, and it was uh, some record company, and we, uh, I'm sure Sugarstone. There was another couple of local bands that had, that had done it actually. So we sent two hundred. We sent a check off in the post with our CD from the song we recorded with Nathan, yeah. Studio Sixty Four, opposite Doctor Brown's. Yeah, recorded song. With, um, yeah. And we sent our song off on, and, and we got we got like we got sent ten copies of it. Yeah. So it, just, it was just nice. I thought it was worth 200 quid <laughs> just to have. You know, we all got two each in the band. And mum and dad got one. So there's 25 songs on there. And track 18, Helter Skelter, whatever the song was. Uh, and then the phone rang. And it was like Richard Rashman okay. from Prestige Management in LA on the phone. And my mum, Philip, there's a Richard Rashman on the phone. <laughs> yeah, uh, back when you didn't have a mobile phone. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. No one had mobile phones. Yeah, mobile, yeah. you'd go to Dixon's with 400 quid if you wanted a mobile phone. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Dixon's, uh, Rich, <laughs> Dixon's, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Richard Rashman's on the phone. Just let that sink in for a minute. Dick Rash man, <laughs> the Dick Rashman, right? Yeah. So uh, hey, uh, I can't. I won't do the voice, but uh, this it's is okay. this, yeah, the, yeah. this is Richard from Prestige Management. I, I just I'm not listening <laughs> to your song. You're not going to do the uh, voice. No. <laughs> and and you know and you know he said he, he he liked the song and he was looking for um, a young British band. He was yeah. like. What transpired after various meetings and whatever was Richard was a guy who had made millions from a pharmaceutical supplies company. Okay. So in America, where I guess you pay for healthcare, yeah, Richard's yeah. company made stethoscopes and test tubes and medical supplies. Okay. And he made them and sold them to hospitals. And he was a millionaire. Right. But he loved music. And his favorite band was the Beatles. And he was kind of obsessed with this kind of like English music pop culture thing. Okay. So he had a couple of bands from LA that he'd signed <laughs> to his management company. When you look back at it, this guy was making it up as he went along. He was a guy who loved music, who had a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of business acumen, I suppose. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and just uh, having a go. Yeah, and he was just having a go. So um, Richard was w- Richard was amazing. He he was... another. T- you know, this is a long time ago. Uh-huh. So it was like, Richard was gay. Right. So, you know, people like my parents were like, there's <laughs> a gay man in America yeah. phoning my son. Like, these days... Like, everybody's a gay man from America <laughs> phoning someone. You know, I, I don't know. Like, it was just, it was a different time. Was nobody had transgender to, yeah. people on Twitter. Nobody yeah, had a more, yeah. A fuck, yeah. Transgender. <laughs> maybe the word didn't exist in, in yeah. certainly in my mum and dad's head. Of course, um, yeah, Nobody yeah. had tattoos. Nobody had a mobile phone. Nobody had a laptop. N- nobody had Facebook, MySpace, a forum. It just, it no was No one was weird. gay and had a record there, but yeah. Yeah. So, so it's gay. Uh, he'd been in Vietnam. Um, he had a bad back. He would carry a tennis ball in his shell suit pocket because he wore shell suits. He kind of looked like a cool version of Mr. Burns, but he had this like big nose. Um, and he would he would pull his tennis ball out. So you met him? Oh, we met him a few times. And yeah. one of the things Richard would do is, because uh, I don't want to forget to tell this story, because yeah, yeah. he had a bad back, he would put the tennis ball on the floor, lie down on it, 
and just kind of yeah, and that's what you do. Whether that was in the foyer of the Hyde Park Intercontinental Hotel Still, London, yeah, or at a gig, or in yeah. Burger King, he would just do it. It's like a, I mean, coming from a jiu-jitsu angle, mm. it's much that yeah, people use lacrosse balls and will do that to get all yeah. the nuts out in the back and stuff. So it might be onto something, but it yeah. probably looks a bit strange doing it in in Burger yeah. King in London or, or whatever. So and Rich, think it looking back, it's one of those things where you don't appreciate it at the time. Yeah. But looking back, like Richard was m- was making a lot of sense, and he was. We were like, we need to buy a van, yeah. and we need to go and do loads and loads of gigs. And he was just like, it, not in so many words. He was like, "Fuck that! Yeah. What you need to do is rehearse every day, write three songs that are the best songs that anyone's ever heard." He said, "You're already writing songs that are like way better than I'm hearing on Radio One or that I'm seeing on MTV or MTV Two. Yeah, just just write. Let's let's just you guys just lock yourselves in a room and write. And yeah, perfect it." Um, and you get three songs on a demo, and we'll and I'll shop them. I'll go to record labels, and I'll be like, "Hey, it's Richard Rashmuth Mellier. Yeah, uh, I'd like to, I'd like to play you some songs, Mr. Virgin Records. Yeah, and you guys are just gonna get signed. And we were just like, "Whoa, I'd wild. like, oh my god, you know, kind of finish uni, don't need a job, we get a credit card, you know, <laughs> for the train, uh, and and that's what we did. And yeah, and we probably should have bought a van, and we should have done loads and loads of gigs. Yeah. Uh, and we shouldn't have been videotaping our practices and sitting watching them and making notes because, like, that's not how it started, man. But um, we didn't appreciate that. He was, like, saying stuff like, that song's amazing, but it's too fast. We were like, we're a punk rock band. Like, yeah. But then when you listen to Enemy of the State by Blink-182 now, it's pretty, sl- like, all the small things is pretty slow. Really, yeah, When yeah, you yeah. listen to the d- recording. D- 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 yeah. And he was, he, he was just like, that's an amazing song, to, uh, referring it's to one of our songs. Yeah. Why is it so fast? So he was like, so the song's down, polished the songs, uh, and it, um, he shopped us to a few labels, and they were like, yeah, it's okay. We played in the city in Manchester, yeah, and it was like, yeah, you know, there's a bit of interest in stuff, but... How, s- how did you deal with having someone kind of giving you those, those pointers? Oh, we as, hated as it. We were, we were dicks. We were little... Br- 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 I think we were like... No, maybe 60% of the time we were like, oh, yeah, okay, but, you know, it, it, it was... I think he had the best intentions, but he would, uh-huh. and every time we got a little bit like, this is a waste of time, something amazing would happen. Right. We did a gig, again, he set us up with a gig in London. He said, look, there's a very important lady who runs a record label, and she's going to come and see you. Yeah. But Meredith, she's Australian, that's all, all I can remember about her. And I remember we we got there, and because we had no real proper gigging experience, we played the Corner House 100 times, we played Bead College Social Area 20 times, and it was like, so we get to London, and we're like, oh, c- can we use your drum kit? And some drummer from some London was like, you didn't, ask like yeah. no you can't because you didn't ask which was like shitty Had thing that before, yeah. but yeah yeah <laughs> and we were just like we've got no drum kit so we cobbled together this beat up crappy house kit and there was just loads of things went wrong like that you know i was singer lost his voice because the monitors were like rubbish which is like yeah because we yeah, weren't gigging yeah, enough yeah, you know the vocals weren't maybe strong enough so kind of uh, but I, I remember that this woman was out. like I had like tickets to see Muse tonight, but like I heard your demo and I came here to see you guys instead. And I think you're like the best band in the country. No so way. like, yeah, keep in touch. We were like, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so that kind of, it's like, yeah. keeps you on the hook. And it kind of kept us on the hook. But um, we, Richard was, one of his things was he looked at Oasis and he said, look, there's Noel and he's writing all these amazing songs, right? Yeah. But like, would Oasis be as huge as the were if it wasn't for Liam? What you need is a big, cocky, you need like a, like a Robbie Williams figure up front. And we were like, uh, <laughs> we're not too sure about that. So he would send these guys up on the train from London 
to come to like Oblivion Studios in Stockton. So uh-huh. we'd be playing our, they would have like had a CD of our songs, learned two or three songs, and they would come and sing them. So we had like Alistair Griffin came and sang some songs for us. He was, I think he was like a runner up in Fame Academy. I still speak to Alistair. He lives in Whitby. He's yeah, an amazing yeah, yeah, musician yeah, yeah. now. Um, he played Borough recently. Um, I think he wrote Stand Up If You Love Borough. Yeah. Uh, but you, Another name, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's done much more than that. I've suddenly realized <laughs> it's being recorded, and he might be watching this, but yeah, he's, he, he's like a very accomplished like singer-songrider. Really shout well. out to Alistair Shout out to Alistair Griffin. So I'll text him later. So, um, and one of the other guys, <laughs> one of the other guys that he sent up was Matt Willis. Yeah. So we were, we got the call. We were like, look, there's a lad, Matt. He's going to come and like sing. Uh, he's only 16. And we were like 19. We're, like, we're not going to have a 16-year-old in our band. Yeah, like, yeah. well, his favorite band's The Offspring. And he's like a drummer. So, you know, he, he we were like, well, he likes a rock band. He plays an instrument. You know, uh-huh. he's not. No, this is so, so Matt Willis is in Stockton singing our songs with us. It's all very <laughs> surreal. And, um, yeah, it just kind of, it just never quite happened. I suppose in a nutshell, like without dragging the story out. Yeah. It's not very exciting. Rock and roll stories about Helter Skelter. Well, you made it, we had to change our name from Helter Skelter because of Charles Manson. Again, it wouldn't have mattered, but he was American. He was like, when you guys break America, yeah. you can't be called Helter Skelter. Um, it's so funny, like, I mean, just, just, just touching on that slight tangent, but we'll get back to it. Um, as, as narrated by my hands yes. just then. Um, Quentin Tarantino is doing the hel- uh, a film about Charles Manson. Oh, is he? Oh, cool. um, I think it's due out 2019, so like next year. Yeah. I was just reading about the process of him getting funding for it because he, he used to put all his films through Miramax, but Harvey Weinstein and all the kind of like weird Miramax like stuff is going on. Is that so why you're wearing black? Yeah, so <laughs> he, he shopped it out to, uh, to Sony. Anyway, and I kind of thought about it and... Like even just, I just felt like Quentin Tarantino doing a film in his ultra-violence way about the Charles Manson stuff. I feel like that's really soon, even though it's like the seventies and it was probably fifty years ago now. Yeah. I'm still like, oh, it's yeah, a bit close to the bone. This American guy that was mine, and all of his team were like, "You can't be called Hellskeller." Like yeah, that that in in the nineties, yeah, that yeah. was really bad shit. Yeah, so, so in it's still like maybe twenty-five years after yeah. kind of what happened. Our argument was it's a Beatles song. So yeah. not long after all that business, horrible business, yeah, there's the biggest yeah, band yeah, in the yeah. world singing Helter Skelter. Yeah. So like, it's you know, 30 years later. Anyway. I was always an advocate of being really close to the bone, which is why, of, you know, yeah. like throwing pig's heads off stages. And stuff yeah, we'll come to that, I guess. Like, yeah. <laughs> the pig's heads. But um, yeah, so uh, funny story in that Richard became obsessed with this because he was a businessman yeah. and he was using like business models in this world of music and he was like I can make millions in music if I just get the right there was like it was like a mathematical equation he was working out yeah. so he was like look the Beatles were a boy band he said what you had is essentially you had a boy band that played guitars yeah. so he said I can do that in the 21st century and what we need is a band that have got that like edgy punk rock spiky hair they're playing the guitars so all the blink 182 offspring all that kind of stuff that was massive we'll get all those kids to yeah. buy into it but also they're good looking and they've got like they're like they're like a boy band as well it's like a boy band meets a, a, a rock band yeah so you've got everybody loves it and we said no richard this isn't going to work because all the punk rock kids are going to are going to hate yeah. it because they'll see through it it's a manufactured boy band um, and all the pop kids will hate it because they're like dirty moshers. Yeah. So where you think that everyone's going to love it, um, everyone's going to hate divide. it. Yeah, and yeah. he proved us wrong because he formed Busted. Yeah. So Matt Willis and Charlie, and there was, a, there was another guy actually before it was Charlie. 
but we, we would go down to London for these meetings, meetings with the management there. But yeah. And these these lads sat there, and you know we played each other our songs and stuff. And I'm sure there was a day when they played us like the demo of what I go to school for. Right. And we were sort of like, we were in London recording a demo actually with a guy called Harvey Burrell. Uh-huh. And um, there's a demo somewhere where it's like the guys from Busted are doing the backing vocals. We were like, do you want to just jump in and do the chorus? And it'll be yeah. funny. Anyway, so. Things were petering out for us, and th- things just started to take off for this weird punk rock boy band that you formed. They were called yeah, the Termites, yeah. right? Um, uh, w- which they decided was a terrible name, and they changed it to Busted. Yeah, and we were kind of there with them, kind of laughing, making jokes about Richard, because th- you know, Richard was like, he would make us order salads in a restaurant, and we'd have to have diet Pepsi, not Pepsi, because he was like, you guys can't get fat because you're going to be a <laughs> massive right. oh band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, you know, he would lie about our bands. ages because we were like maybe 22 by that point. Right. So he'd be introducing us, going, "Oh, this is Stu and Phil. They're like 17 and 18." I was like, "People going like, you're Fucking you're only 18, and how long have you been playing the bass?" And I was like, "Oh, uh, yeah, since yeah, I was 10 years, 10, yeah. I was born, yeah." So yeah, we would kind of you know sit in sit in hotels and laugh about Richard That's with with Busted, uh, and then off they went. Yeah. So he 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 cracked that kind of genius uh, equation. And what was funny was because he was <laughs> he. Another conversation I had with Richard was brilliant. Was he was looking at S Club Seven? Yeah. And he said, like, so you got S Club Seven, right? And they're getting old and they're getting boring. And what that label did was they launched S Club Juniors. So it was almost like bringing like the kids in. He said, yeah. I'm gonna do it with Busted. We were like, mate, it's not gonna work. People are gonna see through it. You're not gonna get like two bites of the cherry. And he's like, well, I found these kids and they're gonna be called McFly. <laughs> we were like, and he did it again. Yeah. He did it again. And I was like, I can't believe. It. But you know, good on him. So that's Richard Rashman yeah. and his tennis ball. That's that story. It, yeah, I have really fond memories of it. At the time, I was like a little twenty-two-year-old little like, no, we won't slow the songs down, and yeah. no, we won't change our name. And I feel like there's a there's a beauty to that though, because even if you, if, if you look at if you look at Busted and you look at Charlie who started Fight Star and kind of because he was obviously not happy with writing, I can't believe that took off as well. That's another thing where I'm like, yeah, so the guy good. from Busted, right? The cheesy <laughs> manufactured. You know, man, manufacture was the word. I was like, there's no way he can put out a press release going, well, I was always on the bus listening to Deftones albums and, you know, I felt like mm. I had to let my creative juices flow. I was like, shut up. Like, this is, and there he is with the, where he was with the world tour. Uh, yeah. Everyone was like, oh, you know, the front cover of Krang. There he is. The guy's on the front cover of Krang. And I was like, seething. And that, now I'm just like, oh, good on you, mate. That's mint. That's yeah. Good on him. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. but at the time, I was I was a bit of a dick when I was younger. <laughs> Do you know, I feel like I feel like from from the outside looking in. I mean, I was I was just a, like not even a generation, maybe three or four years above Busted. So when Busted came out, I was like, that's fucking shit. Yeah, like, good. Oh, obviously, good. Obviously, you know what I mean. Yeah. There, there was there was girls that maybe a couple of years younger than me that were like, yeah, it was fucking amazing. And I was like, yeah, fuck you. I'm gonna listen to Deftones, Offspring, and like yeah. whatever. I'm listening to some real music. And uh, and they came out with Fight Star, but even still with Fight Star for a couple of years, I was like. Fuck that. I was like, like I can't, you can't listen to that. Yeah. And uh, and then after a little while, I thought, you know, if, if, people can't, uh, if you people kind of mentioned it to me and I kind of thought, well, yeah, I'll give them a benefit of the doubt. But I've never been like Fight Star's biggest fan. I've went, yeah, they've, they've some okay songs, but yeah. it's that credibility thing. I'd, like, could you have ever been busted as oh, Phil no. Saunders? No, well, no, you exactly, know what I mean? Exactly. You know, because like, these were like, Extremely good looking guys, perfect teeth. We got bad teeth. I got bad teeth. <laughs> yeah, they're perfect. No, no, no. They're perfect he, he and they came out of stage school, they could do yeah. amazing. They were vocally trained and you know, they were talented lads. But at the yeah. time I was just like, oh, like, no. Nah. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. It's funny and uh, with I mean, on a on a much smaller scale, again with um Wraiths and I talk about Wraiths a lot because we, we had a lot of experiences and 
like we got we got signed um to a label and I, 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 I want to ask you about when, when Richard Ashman Richard Rashman sorry was saying um you know try and be like this try and be like that we naturally just recoiled like fuck like they, they, they kind of said oh why don't you do this so instinctively we were like we're doing the opposite yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. and the, the the end line and you know the, there's there's plenty of detail to this but the the kind of like last word that our record label had with us when we 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 wanted to get out of our record label we wanted to get out of the contract yeah. um and the the toyin um, got in touch with us and said, basically, your band is unmanageable. <laughs> yeah. He said, like, was his final word. He said, like, I, I and Ghost Music and I can't remember what the the big company that was funding it said, um, who were like a massive American record label said, we, we, yeah, you, you're unmanageable. We, yeah. we can't work with you because you're so defiant. And we yeah. just kind of went, well, yeah, that's what we've always been. So if, yeah. I don't know, had they worked with us. Instead yeah. of telling us what to do, stop I feel burning like churches down, start writing songs, stuff like that. Yeah, the, essentially, <laughs> essentially, That's they a joke, tried to tell us. <laughs> Richard's <laughs> never, ever, ever done anything bad with the church. Not that I can recall. No, um, as for the other members of. But yeah, but but basically, had they worked with us and not told us what to do, I feel like it would have had a better outcome. But it, and that that, yeah. but I'm still only trying. I'm only learning that now as a 29 year old person trying to manage people. Yeah, you tell people what to do, they actually go, why the fuck am I going to do that for you, even if you pay them the wage? If you go, yeah. how about you work with me on this? They go, yeah, great. Yeah. Like the people are much more receptive. So a yeah. bit of bad management on their part. Maybe we were just <laughs> a bit, and still would be if we were a band, a fucking nightmare to work with. So yeah. it's strange, isn't it? So, so, so enter uh, Exit By Name, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. How did, I mean, Exit By Name did, did quite well. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. I, th- I think we were we were big fish in a small pond mm-hmm. L- at the time. We were like, yeah, we're the biggest band in the world. But looking back, yeah. it was like, you know, we weren't even. I- if you kind of took a snapshot of that ten years ago and a snapshot of now, yeah, you know, like bands like Cattle and Kane, or you know how big Young Rebel Set got, yeah, or you know Cape Cub, who were rehearsing just on the other <laughs> side of that wall. <laughs> yeah, war, yeah, yeah. I don't think ev- uh, anybody can hear it, no, but yeah, right. yeah. Um, so you know, like. You know, those guys are doing like, wi- well, I don't know, because again, we had no Facebook. Yeah, we we had a MySpace towards the end. We had yeah, like yeah, yeah. six thousand friends on MySpace. I remember, I think I was your friend um, on MySpace. Yeah, yeah. we well, you know top six, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Maybe put, put so. the key the key players from the local <laughs> scene. Might get some free blockbuster videos off Rick. Yeah, if yeah, I, uh, yeah. Put yeah. In our top six. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> you but yeah, we were. You know, from my CV today. So yeah, no way, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, we we had a record deal. Yeah, uh, a terrible one, but we had one. We had a van, and right. we went and did gigs that were not in Teesside. So yeah. I guess that made us to, to, to our friends and family and the people at Teesside like a proper band. Yeah, like you know, you kind of There's a, a bit a bit like Wraiths, Yeah, but uh, you know, we were only doing. You know, we, if we went on tour, it was maybe to do six gigs uh-huh. uh, and then come home and live with our mums and dads again. Some of us, me anyway. Um, so yeah, uh, again, like I'm trying not to be like big edge Phil Saunders now, but yeah, yeah, um, okay. kind of comparatively at the time, yeah, it was it, it, it was it was big enough. Yeah, you know, the, we were in the Gazette every Friday. We used to have a joke with um, 
myself and Henry to see if we could both get in the Gazette every Friday because that was like <laughs> the music. Henry press. was in darts. Yeah, yeah. yeah Henry was yeah. in darts. We were an exit by name. The, the running joke was, can we get in? It was called Sounds. Yeah. And a fantastic human being called Phil Weller okay. would write, uh, as well as Rob Nichols. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would write about gigs they'd been to, gigs that were coming up. You know, they'd review the new albums that come out. And apart from the enemy and Krang or whatever, in Teesside, it was Friday, you know, Sounds in the Gazette. Those two pages were yeah. like, you know, you could see like... People didn't you know, read it as well. People <laughs> would read it, read you know, and it was like, oh, yeah. we start fires... Darts, Exit by Name, um, what was Pops Band, 15, oh, 15 Minutes Society, yeah. Pig Latin before, Pig that. Latin before yeah. that, yeah, The Cutters, oh God, I'm gonna, yeah, sorry to everyone I didn't mention there, yeah, but yeah. Um, it was, it was, it was cool, yeah, do you know what I did back in, back in those days, I was in, um, I was in a band called Misk, we, we Misk, were, um, yeah, like, uh, like shot for miscellaneous, <laughs> I like it. because we thought, did you have a dot? Well, well, yeah. In the in the in the abbreviation, we thought we were so like, we thought we were so so uh, forward thinking that we couldn't be like put in a genre. Yeah. Like if you listen back to it, <laughs> we were cock rock, like yeah, we right, were yeah. just like eighties glam rock, yeah. which like is station, station road. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like exactly, yeah. And yeah. if if it was almost ironic that we tried to call ourselves miscellaneous and we were anything but. Yeah. Um, I remember we. Uh, because I used to see bands like Darts and, and probably read that page without even realising and, and see about all these bands. And I just thought, how, how the fuck do we how do we get gigs at the Empire? Like, we, we were in a band, we were in Teesside and, and we, we practised all the time. We used to play drums every night. Yeah. Um, we practised fucking loads. Like, we used to play in, in Mark's garage, who's the guitarist. Um, and we were just like, yeah, like, we literally, we, we thought we were like the best band on the planet. And we used to talk about making it would be like yeah. yeah we're going to make it because we're 16 and making it was getting signed and being famous and making yeah. loads of money being the next guns and roses and um i recorded we had like a little terrible boom box and recorded like five of our songs in mark's garage and by pressing record and play at the same time yeah on the tip on there, the yeah. tip yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and uh so i recorded that and that was our demo yeah and uh i made loads of copies of that and i sent please it. don't say you sent it to phil from 10 feet tall no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> thank god i'm gonna drop you in it i'm gonna drop ashley at the empire all oh, right okay i sent it to the empire uh i sent it to many venues and the empire was the only one i got a response from and i fucking wish i had the letter still but i sent him i sent him the tape and i sent him a letter <laughs> explaining <laughs> who we were and i got a response in the post yeah. from, from the empire officially stamped stuff saying thanks for your submission uh, we're really glad that you you want to play at the Empire. Unfortunately, we've got no slots for gigs at the moment. But if anything ever comes oh, up, okay. we'll get in touch with you. That beautiful letter. And I like I remember getting this letter and like going to band practice a couple of days later, and I was like, "Fucking lads, the Empire have been in touch." Like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I was like, "If we get, as, as, you know, they haven't got a gig for us yet, but they're going to oh, be thinking about man, us." And now, bless I, you. I, I thought, thought that w- I thought you was going to end up really badly. No, no, like, I got a really nice I letter. See, <laughs> just <laughs> writing like, what a load of. Fucking shit! Like, yeah. I mean, thinking about it, I've been in his office. I left my, I lost, I lost my coat in the empire. (laughs) What could I do? And you know, he'll just torture him. Yeah, Ash is funny. Yeah, it might not have been Ash. It might have been Barry. (laughs) Whoever it was at the time, bless him, they sent us a nice letter back. Yeah, probably realised that we were a bunch of fucking kids from Wolverston. Yeah, yeah. upset these guys in case they get massive. (laughs) Well, I think it was just that fucking bless him, and they had ten minutes spare on their hands, so they sent us a letter back. Wish I had that letter now because I'd frame it. I'd put it in my house, but. Yeah, whoever it was, God bless him. But they, that that kept us going for <laughs> three months because I was yeah. like, "Yeah, lads, you can't we keep it now. going." Empire might get in touch with us, you know. Yeah. Obviously, they, I mean, the the amount of 
when uh, oh. when I worked with you and I worked with Sumo and I worked yep. for 10 Feet Tall um, and we'd put a lot of gigs on, put a lot of bands on and the bands that get in touch and go, yeah, like, yeah, I really want a gig. How do I go about getting a gig? I've heard you're the man. You put bands on Sumo and I just kind of like, I almost had that that reply in my you mind. Had a I template. Go, Hi guys. You had a template. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I go, I'm doing that fucking thing with this band and I hope they're not together for another six months based on my response and you know, it was yeah. but I, I you kind of have to go through that and it's it's looking back on it is quite charming. And even looking back on you know, you mentioned Cape Cub, who are practicing next door, which is why we're talking next to Elvis and not in our usual room because a bit of noise pollution. But oh, um, right, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I I've known Chad for a long time. And if you think about all the, the bands that Chad's been in and kind of watching him grow up from being in, I mean, the last band that I can remember that he was in was called Sailors and Saints, but yeah. I think he was in a band before that. And Was he in Save Arcade or not? With James Arthur. I think he might have played guitar for a bit. I yeah. don't know. I want to, um, total segue, uh, I was on tour with Hey Alaska, yeah. who played a, a run of gigs with Save Arcade, James Arthur. I hope this is in your biography. I've got a Chad story, so carry up. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So we were we were outside the cockpit in Leeds, rest in peace, one of the best yeah, venues yeah. in the country, which is no longer there. And uh, Hey Alaska played with Safe Arcades, and I've got a video somewhere on tape of James Arthur setting fireworks out the back <laughs> of the cockpit, yeah. just firing them at people. Amazing. Like literally, we were all just out there. He looks like a naughty boy. Yeah, he, yeah. he always was. <laughs> He's always been a wrong firework. Please don't sue me for slander. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah, yeah. Allegedly, James Arthur. No, he wasn't actually that. No, that's he wasn't, was he? He was homophobic. I don't know. Allegedly on a text message. Right. Bless him. I mean, he's just a lad from Saltburn with a good voice. I like him. He's always been very nice to me every time I've met him. He's a good lad. I'm friends with him on Facebook, you know. Oh, shit. Yeah. He probably doesn't even follow me on Twitter. I've got a video of him. Probably not even his Facebook. Yeah. I'm friends with Setting fireworks off at people in Leeds, allegedly. Might might have it on video. Son, if you want it, cost you five grand. But... I think the sun, are go- once they've seen this podcast, <laughs> they're going to be, our, our phones are going to be ringing off I the mean, hook. like the 200 views that I'm getting at the minute yeah, yeah. off the hook. That will give you £500 yeah. for the uh, rights to that particular yeah. story. I can't so remember where I was going, but yeah, so what I was saying was, it's nice to see someone like Chad uh, go from from being that band who might have emailed me back back in the day and saying, oh, can I have a gig at the Rockbox in the Empire? So all of a sudden now it's Rock a band Box. like Cape Cud, Cape Cub, Cape Cud, bit of a, there's... There. <laughs> What is Cape Cod? Cape Cod, it is a uh, rip-off band that I'm going to start with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. He's, yeah, it's he's nice made, to see made, them make that it. journey to, to, to learn a bit of prof- professionalism and to get to a point where he's now heading off a band called Cape Cod who are doing really well. Yes. Um, you know, they've got more players on Spotify than, than a lot of other bands. Um, I Put see together. him like... <laughs> like six trillion yeah, he's got a trillion players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, which is uh, mental, isn't it? So, I, I, one of my favourite chat gigs was um, <laughs> uh, um, a, a local promoter called Henry put on a, a gig. It's like a stars in their eyes style thing, and it was yeah. for like a local charity. I think it was Mind, uh, the mental health charity. So it was Uncle yeah. Albert's, rest in peace. And he's just got loads of local bands to like 
basically be like covers, like tributes to other bands. So yeah. like Idiot Savant with the Pixies, and it was amazing. Be Quiet, Shout Loud with Limp Bizkit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. they still are, which is... So they've carried on for a number is, of years. Uh, uh, just, it still blows my mind because they just do it so well. They did that last um, week. They did. Like, yeah. I've seen Limp Bizkit, and I've seen Be Quiet, Shout Loud be Limp Bizkit, <laughs> and Be Quiet, Shout Loud are better. I'll go on record. Uh, being Limp Bizkit, Be yeah. Quiet, Shout Loud are better at being Limp Bizkit live and sonically watching them than Limp Bizkit are. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's crazy it's crazy to watch I'm anyway call it the Palmart effect <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um, so so at this gig um, there was a band who I think it might have been Glass Avalanche were going to be Newfound Glory yeah but Chad was going to sing right so they played because Newfound Glory you've got like it's a singer who voice. doesn't yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and you know to be authentic the five piece Newfound Glory because um, that that wrong one from Newfound Glory was still in the band at that point. Yeah. So the, the five piece Newfound Glory where so Gary, the bass player of Glass Avalanche, didn't want to do the singing. Yeah. Because they wanted like a what's the singer from Newfound Glory called? Jo- Jordan. No, Jazz? That's no, 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 that's the other one. That's the bassist. Anyway, the, yeah. So they got they obviously must have put the feelers out on a forum somewhere on the internet. Hacked. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Hacked probably. I was looking at Hacked earlier, but that's another story. So Chad's going to sing Newfound Glory, and I was talking. I didn't know him that well, yeah. but I was chatting to him before the play because all the bands were getting together. I was in a band called Burnout in the Capital. We yeah. were being Weezer, um, and so I said to Chad, "Like, oh, you're looking forward to being um, Chad? Chad was from no, no way. That's a bassist, Chad Gilbert. He, he, that's yeah. the one that went out with. No, the singer's called. Oh, okay. So Chad was going to be the singer from Newfound Glory. And he I said, like, he said, I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it, but like, I'm really worried because it's really high. Like, yeah, the, 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 the yeah, key yeah. of the song is like." And he was like, I said, oh, he's going to be And he nailed it. He absolutely nailed it. We could see how nervous he was. And the singing of Newfound Glory is there. Yeah. So it kind of came in with my friends over you. And he was like, I'm drunk on Piss. <laughs> it was just like, everyone in Don Carlos was just like, you could see everyone was like rooting for him. And it was like, they were like, everyone's eyes were on him. Fucking nailed that note. Came in. It's nice for him. He's, I like Chad. He's always been, it was out of his range, but he got it. It was. Well, you listen to him now. He's got quite a low, anyway, low register. But he can go high. Don't let yeah. those Cape Cub, don't let those somber Cape Cub tracks fool you. Yeah. There's a little pop punk. Yeah, it's interesting. It? I mean, <laughs> it's interesting seeing bands like, as you mentioned, like Cape Cub and Carl and Kane, kind of like get get to where they are, and you know, like I think we have like we have a Spotify. Yeah. With like thousands of likes on it. That we didn't set up. That was who's set getting up those money? Who's getting that money, Rick? Yeah, exactly. Where's it going? Yeah. Yeah, point not, not, not one penny. pence to play. <laughs> it's funny. Brutal put a song on Spotify um, a year ago, and I know it's a year ago because I got an email from the digital distribution thing that we use, and it yeah. was like, "Do you want to renew your? Cause you pay for a year. You use TuneCore. You use TuneCore, yeah. Yeah. So you give you give TuneCore fifty quid or whatever it is, and it puts it puts it everywhere. So your song goes on iTunes, Amazon, everywhere, and Spotify. Yeah. So you go. Uh, so I got an email saying f- for nine ninety nine you can renew it for another year. Right. So I, was like, oh, so I logged in. Oh, get me PayPal out, you know. But there was eighteen pound in the account. And Amazing. I was like, as if that little song by Bruto had yeah. made eighteen quid somewhere somehow. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. quite strange, isn't it? But um, listening to well, it. you know what? About five of it is for some reason. There's an Exit by Name album that's on iTunes. And one of the songs by Exit by Name is called Disaster Movie Soundtracks. Yeah. Which, at the time, was a cool name for a song. That's a terribly over-the-top name for a song, but at the yeah. time. So Disaster Movie Soundtracks by Exit by Name. And every year, I get this, like, PRS statement and an MCPRS statement. And I get this little royalty check every year for about a tenner. Because people have been buying this off iTunes. And I think it's because... Still. 
people are searching for a disaster movie soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like I don't know, like maybe film students who need some like terrifying, yeah, yeah, yeah. like um, a sound effects or something. And yeah. I think it's people buying it by accident. <laughs> I think it is. I think people people think it's going to be like the sounds of like trains exploding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you follow me? It just goes, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll love that. Ninety nine p. Yeah, but it's metal core. <laughs> like how, how disappointed they'll be when this new metal warbling comes out. Or maybe your your song. Well, maybe they go actually. This is all right, and now it's on loads of like indie films in America made by college kids that that you. Films you never see. Yeah. Um, have you got any amazing tour stories from? I've got like I've, I feel like there was a van full of flies when you were in Exit Point. Is it? The, yeah, re- yeah, yeah. the reason Rick's allowed me very kindly to leave my phone on the desk is because yeah. my memory is like so bad. Anyone that knows me, like I can't remember what I had for breakfast, let alone a funny tour story from. Uh-huh. But I did make a little list to kind of half look at. But the the flies is on there. We we there's a um, there's a farm in Elwick called yeah. Pigpen. Yeah. And it's a farm that's been converted into rehearsal rooms and a, uh, anyone who's in a Teesside who's been in a local band will be familiar with Pigpen. Pigpen Studios, Where yeah. you go and you rehearse. And um, there's that, they've got a little bit of land there. So when we bought this van, nobody wanted to have the van on the driveway. Nobody's mum would let them park the van on the drive. And it was like a big van. It was a Renault Master. Yeah. So it was like, it was just Long this. Long wheelbase, big was, Yeah, it was, and it was really high. So it looked massive. Well, it was, it was massive. It didn't just look massive. It was massive. <laughs> Um, so no one wanted the van on the drive, so we called the van Stee because it was like a Renault Master, Steve. and I think the yeah, thing, yeah. the label was falling off a bit at the back. So Stee was the van, also Stee van, Stee. So Stee was the name <laughs> of the van. So nobody wanted Stee on the driveway, so we asked Pigpen if we could just park Stee yeah. at Pigpen. Now there was an ulterior motive here because you had to pay thirty pound a month to rent a cupboard off Pigpen, okay. which meant you could keep all your drums and all your amps. Yeah, in your yeah, cupboard. Yeah. So when you would go rehearse, which you paid for as well, uh-huh. you could just unlock your cupboard. These like cupboards were along the wall in the rehearsal uh-huh. room. And if you were a band that had made it, if you were one of like the serious local bands like Mercedes or Exit by Name, yeah. you would have a cupboard. <laughs> my English teacher. Yeah. Right. I was in a band while I was in school. My English teacher, I fucking can't remember her name, but she was like, "Yeah, my husband's in a band. He's in a band called Mercedes." And I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Dude. Like. And like I had the utmost respect for him after that. She had, honestly, <laughs> while I was fourteen, she called me because she was like, "Parents think you're drinking too much." Yeah. Fourteen. Was this school. Sharon from Mercedes? No. Was it well, Mark? it might have been uh, Mark yeah. from Mercedes. His uh, wife. She was my English uh, teacher yeah, anyway. Right. So I didn't know Sharon was Mark's wife. Right. That sums up my Mercedes story. I'd, I'd Let's just leave it. Yeah, at that. yeah, yeah. So yeah, in Riverside Festival backstage. Um, turned to Mark and I was like, "Oh, what time are you guys on?" And made some comment to. Basically, let what I thought was like let I'll I'll discreetly let you know suss it out. Basically, I told Mark that I fancied Sharon, <laughs> and I wondered what Sharon might be up to after the show and whatever. And he's like, "That's my wife." Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. Okay, yes, she, she was my English teacher. <laughs> and but I'll, she's, I'll she's beautiful. Her a bit. She's yeah, yeah, she's yeah, gorgeous, yeah, yeah. Sharon's yeah. And in the same, like literally, like talk about le- anyway. there's there's Phil from Exit by Name committing uh, uh, an awful local music scene four par right within the same ten minutes right. I think Andy Kelly was the stage manager, right? And Elaine Palmer was playing that day. So I say to Andy Kelly, because I had a few beers, now then, where's Elaine Palmer? Like, <laughs> just being that. She stood behind me. Elaine Palmer, yeah, the yeah, beautifully yeah. talented Elaine Palmer, was stood right behind me, turned around, and she was like, oh, is that what you call me, is it? And I was like, yeah. sorry, Elaine. Anyway. Yeah, flies so, man, pig pen. Sorry. So, yeah, so we, w- to save 30 quid a month by keeping our gear in a cupboard, uh-huh. like tight asses, we asked... 
Do you mind if we just park it? Do you mind if we just keep the, the van at all the thing? Oh, yeah, just leave the van here. It's quite cool. So all the gear was in the van. Yeah, yeah. Um, which itself caused problems. All the speakers were moldy in the bass cabs and everything just stank. It was completely crazy. The van was beautiful. I, my brother did an amazing job. He panelled it all out and he put bunk beds in it. It was absolutely amazing. But it was freezing. So um, we decided it would be a good idea to carpet the inside of the van, yeah. the roof, the walls. Uh, and again, like kids that don't have the internet, like now I know that you can go to a carpet shop and they have a remnant section at the back. And for 20 quid, you can just get tons of carpet. You can get any carpet. Brand yeah, new, yeah. clean carpet. But no, this was the olden days. So in my little office job, Stockingborough Council, I went on the intranet. Yeah. You weren't allowed on the internet, but you could go on yeah. the intranet. Went on the staff notice board. Does anyone have a carpet that they want rid of for free? Some woman says, yeah, my mum's just died. Come round and take the carpet out the front room. So there's this carpet from like 1962, which was just like bright orange. It stunk. It's hideous. Her mum was obviously a heavy smoker. No wonder she was dead. Yeah, yeah. So me and the lads, we ripped this carpet out. We rolled it. We put it in the van. We drove up to Pigpen. Uh, Dave, who was a painter, a guitarist next to my name, still is a painter. Yeah, yeah. He got some like carpet glue off one of the lads at work. It's like probably the most toxic, lethal gunk. So we'd paint the inside of the van, we'd carpet it out. The only way we slept in that, you know, like just with it against our faces for yeah, years. Yeah, it's yeah. disgusting. Anyway, unrelated to the manky carpet, what happened was at one time we had a gig at the arena. Uh-huh. So we get the pig pen, we jump in the van. And I remember driving to the arena for this gig. We were playing with Stories and Comets and a few other bands. It might have been the Acklam, might have been the arena. So driving along, and there's just these flies like big old big ass blue bottles buzzing around in the cab and we're like for some reason there was a tea towel I think there was a tea towel on the dashboard for condensation yeah so I was like I think Craig was driving I'm swatting these flies with this tea towel I was like <laughs> why is there so many flies in the van like did we leave the window open why yeah, yeah. Couldn't get to anyway what we didn't know is that something to do with the change in seasons and change in temperature I think when it gets really really cold mm-hmm. uh blue bottle larvae or blue bottles who are dying in the cold yeah. they find somewhere nice and moist and warm to go and lay millions of eggs okay we didn't know this at this point driving the arena with like six blue bottles in the in the yeah, cab yeah, you know yeah. up front so what had happened was that these dying blue bottles in december had found their way into the rubber seals around the right at the back of the van where the double doors had opened these yeah, big yeah, yeah. thick black rubber seals they buried the ways in there bless them probably to keep warm and just before they died of freezingness laid a zillion blue bottle eggs and then february march easter springtime the the the, the climate warms up and these bazillion blue balls <laughs> hatched so we've not been in the back of the van at this point yeah yeah, yeah. so we get to the arena we pull up we're running a bit late it might be weemstock or something hilarious like that uh-huh. open the back of the van and it was like something off like raiders of the lost ark this black cloud <laughs> just, oh my god so i'm there with the tea towel just just and they're like if you imagine Waving a tea towel through a cloud of blue bottles. It's yeah. just like, just green sludge. Sorry for sniffing, I've got a cold. It's okay. Uh, just this green sludge of just clouds of dead blue bottles just splattered all over the van. Sounds so like something out of it. It was absolutely hideous. <laughs> and they, they never really went away yeah. to, 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 to the day we sold the van to about a plane crash. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Famously. <laughs> Still well, yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, if it's existing, I think it's scrapped it, sadly. <laughs> but um, yeah. When I was in bands, when I was young, yeah, 
in bands. I had many temp jobs. There was yeah. t- there's things got, there probably still is as temping agencies. Uh-huh. So as a as a guy who didn't want to get a job because I might get famous any minute or I might have to go on a world tour at any yeah, minute yeah, in yeah, my head. That, yeah. Um, so you know, we I get like a job that lasted for three days. It was sick cover. Can whatever. still do that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> still living the dream. Yeah. So w- what other jobs I got? Me and my mate Andy Garside, we got a job as um, mystery shoppers. Right. So we had this jacket on, which, like, I think that these people <laughs> thought it Loads was like question marks in it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, nearly <laughs> like the Riddler. No, they had um, hidden cameras in these jackets. Right. So like, I mean. The, the machine was like about the size of a shoebox. Right. And that was inside the jacket. And there was like a, a, like a pinhole camera on it. Yeah. I mean, anybody would have known. Like, you just looked. It was like a red hot <laughs> summer's day. So I was going to the Peugeot garage yeah. over na- uh, in Stockton to basically walk around and, 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 and film a salesman who would try and sell me a Peugeot car. Um, and I did that thing that you've just talked about in the, I, I went for a wee. <laughs> um, and I remember being there and I kind of went, oh, oh, I'm going for a wee. I don't know how to turn the thing off. And I was like, talking in the <laughs> thing going, I'm really sorry. I've already started weeing. So you I'm really sorry that you're listening this, to this. Yeah. And whatever. And then w- some guy who worked at Peugeot came in for a wee, stood next to me at the next urinal. So I was just like, <laughs> and I remember stood there going, worrying that they were going to talk back to me through this. <laughs> thing, which obviously they weren't yeah, going to, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it was such a surreal day when you're temping because you kind of get to the office and like, right, what are you doing today? All right, you're going to go to a mystery shopper, you go to Peugeot, pretend to buy a car. When you come up, we'll give you 50 quid. Right. I was like, that's, and some guy called like Bob would just drive me around, just drop me at different car garages. Oh, yeah. And I did five in one day once. I had 250 pound, which right, when that. you're like a kid... <laughs> It's just like that's the most money I've ever Mate, had in my life. 50 quid a day now is, uh, I suppose is it is, yeah, good going, yeah, yeah. Um, so go, yeah, just going back to the now. I, I remember there when yeah. you were about <laughs> all the flies coming out of the van and, and your van getting sold to a van plane crash, RIP, yeah. Um, I remember, uh, just this just popped into my head while we we're talking about being in a van and being on tour, and um, I was with Wraith, we played a show, fucking god knows where. <laughs> Some some godforsaken place. It was in Wales. Can't remember where in Wales, but we played a couple of good shows in Wales and we played a couple <laughs> of bad shows in Wales. <laughs> and this one particular show, it was towards the end of a tour, and I was absolutely fucking knackered. And would maybe we'd, I can't remember if we'd been out or not, but you know, we'd been on tour, we'd probably had a good time. And for some reason, like I'm 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 quite I'm really aware when I need to sleep. Yeah. Like I can go long periods without and kind of survive to a certain extent, but I I, I was. For some reason, I kind of thought, yeah, like, I really need to get my head down because I'm dying here. And uh, we got to this venue, we'd set up our drum, we'd set up all our gear, we'd sound checked, and then I kind of had a feeling that the gig wasn't going to be very good. And uh, I just kind of went, yeah, I'm just going to... I knew there was three bands on before we were playing. Um, and the town, is, I think it was like a Sunday night, and you know, you just know, like, you know, like, if you... Imagine setting up a Dr. Brown's and Mills on a Sunday night. You kind of yeah. look around and you go to it's got the fucking vibe. Yeah, there's ghost yeah, there's town no here. This, yeah. yeah. But we're here. We're in Wales. You know, it was always we were always grateful to play a show and get paid. So um, kind of set up, sound checked. It's like, right, I'm just going to go and fucking go to sleep in the van for a bit. <laughs> and I unlock the van and I rarely can sleep anywhere except like my my bed's like mm-hmm. a struggle. I always struggled on two with sleeping on people's floors and stuff. Yeah. Um it's just a design flaw in me. And uh 
So, but I thought, fuck it, I'm going I'm to try. I'm going to get my head down. And I took the keys and I locked myself in the van and everyone else <laughs> had all the stuff in the van yeah, and I just yeah. thought, yeah, fuck it, I don't care. I'm going to have a sleep. And I slept and I set my alarm because I knew what time we were going on stage or what time, you know, like I said, yeah, 10 minutes yeah. before. And I fucking slept. It was some of the best sleep I've ever had in my life. I just must have just needed it. And I woke up because someone was praying on the window yeah. saying, like, fucking get <laughs> on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So on. I was like, shit, right. And then, like, a, a second later, my alarm went off. So anyway, so got out of the van, everyone got the shit together, got on stage, played the gig, gig went okay, there wasn't that many people watching, probably just all the other bands that were playing, yeah. um, kind of like came on stage, and I thought, yeah, like, I need that sleep, feel good, played the gig, roll on tomorrow, gig wasn't amazing, we got paid, whatever, kind of like stood outside with the lads while they were all having a cigarette, I might have smoked at the time, so I was probably having a cigarette as well, and uh, when the lads from the support bands came outside and said, oh, like, uh, like really good set. Like, we really enjoyed watching you, blah, blah, and you, you kind of get used to people saying it, because no, one, no one's ever going to walk outside and go, yeah, you said it was shit. Yeah, no, they don't bother, do they, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of went, oh, yeah, th- thanks, yeah, I really appreciate it, blah, blah, and uh, he turned around to me and said, oh, uh, what do you think of our set? <laughs> and, like, yeah, yeah. usually, like, 99% of the time, I'd bullshit it, and I'd go, yeah, cool, yeah, maybe you need to work on this, blah, blah, and just... Because you're in a bit of a peer situation. Yeah. And I kind of turned around to whoever this lad was, fucking pool punk from Wales, and I just went, I'll be honest, I was just asleep in the back of my van. And, and I said, I'm, I'm I'm, sorry, mate, but I said, like, this, this tour has just fucking wiped me out. Yeah, to a life. And honestly, he looked at me and went, are you fucking joking? Oh, <laughs> and what went, the hell did? <laughs> yeah, no, man, no, anyway, fucking bands like you you come oh over here and you what? fucking play your gigs and blah blah did he have like, a you goal? Don't yeah you had a proper goal you don't even have the fucking time to watch us and I was like I was. I know where you're coming from yeah. but I went honestly just like play you should have ever made gigs before that time just no no I was I've been trained for a while I just, I just, just play a couple of gigs have a go and I said let me know I said think about all the fucking support bands I played I said look I, I went he probably watched it and he probably watched it as well yeah. if you want some honest feedback speak yeah. to Ray I'm sure Charlton watched you yeah right off. yeah 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 <laughs> exactly yeah either had a couple of pints watching yourself I was like I was just fucking oh, I was man. just asleep in the van so I was like sorry kid but he was fucking oh, livid man. and I was nah, like that's you wrong just of him. don't he shouldn't have done that he shouldn't have. I, you, that's, that's the kind of thing that I would do like I, I mean, <laughs> exit by him had a word with me they like they were like Y- you're being a dick like on stage before we go on off, like just and I don't know why I was yeah. just like I was frustrated that we weren't the biggest band in the world I was I felt like I'd never been a front man uh-huh. you know, I'd always been the bass player in yeah. bands so um, you know kind of like at the front obviously not at the front of a metal band I didn't even listen to uh-huh. metal <laughs> I was just like oh I can't find a singer oh I'll do it oh yeah. brilliant you know it's a guy who'll actually have a go I don't think they were even they didn't have much choice really uh-huh. so th- I mean they were rehearsing for a while before without a singer. Right. They tried a few guys. They had a, a, a rapper, I think, for a practice. But I, I bet think they were just pleased. That. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think they were just pleased that someone would have a go. So, you know, I'd get really drunk. I'd roll around on the floor. I'd, I'd, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd s- blow my voice out, out screaming after two songs and then just... Uh, anyway, so yeah, they, had, they were like, y- you need to kind of pull it together. <laughs> we did it. We did a gig with... There's a band called Tribute <laughs> to Nothing who were like a big deal. They had a label they called Lockjaw Records, which yeah, was like yeah, at yeah. the time a bit of a big deal. And we played, we spotted them at the Georgian Theatre and there was nobody there. Um, and I did something stupid that annoyed. And after the gig, they were like, you need to stop all that stu- st- stuff. Because, yeah, there was nobody there. But like, what if like, the, you know, what if like, even someone from 
one of the guys from the other bands yeah. might have just been like, oh, I was in Stockton tonight and I saw the best band I'd ever seen in my life. And I think what I did was, after four songs, there was like a song where I started it, I did something and the song came in. Uh-huh. So I just stood on the stage with the mic and they're all looking at me, waiting for me to do it. <laughs> and I just waited and they were looking at me like, dude, it was like a line and then it came in. And I just thought, in my head, I was thinking, how long <laughs> can I just stand here? Like, what a dickhead thing to do. Why was mm. it? Uh, yeah. Anyway, I was a good boy after that. Yeah. Obviously, I'm a million miles. I mean, I'm, I'm, far, I'm far too nice now. I think I'm overcompensating years later. I'm just trying my very best to be a, a really good human being and be the nicest guy possible. Yeah. I've been, I've been accused of fakery, Rick. People think it's an act. It's not. It's just <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm a loving, caring father of two. Yeah. And I just want everyone to be nice to each other. Good. Um, it's not an act. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, it's like when I think back to it, it was like, it's like having a memory of like a different person. I feel like I'm looking back, yeah, yeah, yeah. thinking about this band that I saw where there was an arse, the singer was an arsehole. Yeah. Oh, that was me. That's awful. I do that at Rafters. Um, you thought it was me. Yeah. Under girls. Skirts on and <laughs> oh, no, well, that's bad. Yeah. But, do you um, know what? It's funny. All the, all the lads from, um, from Raptors who are still like very close with, and I, I, I should see more, but, uh, at all, but the 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 my closest friends in terms of like a, a friend group, they're, they're my best friends, and they all they sent me um all the other guys. They all live in Manchester now. And they sent me a video saying like they're gonna be on the podcast, basically, and I have no choice. So yeah, I think and one on of them liked the tweet today that I was on. Yeah, I hope I'm doing it yeah, justice. Yeah, yeah, saying uh, and they were like, and we're gonna be on the podcast, and we're gonna talk about Raptors and why it didn't work, mm-hmm. and and how we're going to be the best band in the world and we're going to get back it together. Was it, was like the Ruben, <laughs> it was the Ruben hypothesis. That's why yeah. it didn't work. You, you probably were the best band, but yeah, it, it didn't yeah, matter. Yeah. You can be the best band in the world and not make it. Um, it, was a, it was a good time. Quick story about watch, watching support bands when you shouldn't. Um, Exit by <laughs> Name supported uh, Fozzy at yeah. Trillions in Newcastle. So it's Chris Jericho's Chris Jericho band. From, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go on. We, we played really well. We smashed it. Like yeah. No one had a clue who we were. It was sold out. Um, Bryce Dubbs put the gig on. I think it was sold out. It was really good. And we were sat backstage, covered in sweat. Like, sat, you know, we were just like, yeah, cool. Chris Jericho walks in the dressing room. Yeah. Hey, guys, that was awesome. You guys nailed it. The sounds. And little Dave from X My Name goes, didn't watch us, did you? Chris Jericho, <laughs> Chris Jericho goes, nah. <laughs> I was like, what? He was like, gotta go, gotta do, gotta go do my show. And yeah, he went. Yeah, yeah. I was like, just, yeah, just true, true times with Chris Jericho. Right. Funny. I got a photo with Neil Buchanan, so oh, kind of like on par. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when he did the Empire. I think it was me, Henry, Neil Buchanan, and the rest of his. Well, Marseille, that's his band, isn't it? I was thinking about that gig the other day because I'd forgotten all about it again because I have a Swiss cheese memory. I don't remember anything, but yeah. it was on my like your Facebook does that memories thing where it shows yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah. photos of what you were doing eight years ago to make you thoroughly depressed about your yeah. life. Um, yeah. And it was, wor- it which was is why I never got time hop, and Facebook just gave me it, whether I like yeah, it or yeah, not. No, I'm yeah. not going to do this to myself. I'm not going to watch time hop, but yeah, then Facebook's doing it. So, and it was a picture that I'd been tagged in on Facebook of a, a girl. Can I just adjust my mic? Of course, can. Yeah, yeah, do what you want. Yeah, that's an age thing. Um, so this girl had a, a full because there was a face paint in booth in yeah, yeah. at one point, and she with face paint, she'd got like a full art attack logo on her arm there, <laughs> and there was Neil Buchanan. Like proud, I was like, yeah, yeah. I, I, for a second, I looked at it and went, "Why wasn't it? Why did we book Neil Buchanan to do face paints and sumo?" <laughs> that's the first place I, w- the first place I went in my head. Yeah, but no, obviously yeah, yeah. He w- he was playing a flying V in a uh, sort of like a, a new French thrash metal, metal band, band yeah, yeah. called Marseille, named so after the French sea. Like what the fuck? But What's your um? You obviously 
have quite a coloured background in, in stage management and looking after bands and booking bands and stuff. Yeah, put a few gigs on. What's your craziest stage manager-esque story? What's the craziest band you've ever put on? I've got a good story that you're kind of part of, but you, can, you might want to <sighs> anyway, so. Like, I've really I've racked my brains. No, no, good, good. Yeah, right. yeah. No, I absolutely racked my brains, right? Yeah. And I was like sat at home, like doing a thing. And like, um, there was a, oh man, there was like, none of them seemed that interesting, but okay. I'll get to an interesting one in a minute. Right. There was the time when we put Frank Turner on at Sumo in Durham. Oh, and good it's, story about Frank Turner, actually. It was, it was <laughs> yeah. always two quid to get in Sumo in, in, in Durham. If you got there in the first half hour, it was two quid because yeah. it was four pound after. And as I left the office, in Middlesbrough with my like stage manager bag of Sharpies and cable ties and stuff. Yeah, going, yeah, yeah. going to go and work the Frank Turner show and whatever. My boss said to me, don't forget it's a tenner a night. And I was like, yeah, because it's Frank Turner. It was pit on the door only. There was hype. It's like Frank Turner. At that point, Frank was playing like thousand capacity venues. He wasn't yeah. huge, but it was 10 years ago. So uh, lo and behold, I didn't. I didn't. So the door girl dutifully turns up. Hey, if I hurt you. Um, and she just charged everybody two quid. So 400 people <laughs> crammed in this club. They all paid two quid. So they were all there in the first half hour. <laughs> so Frank Turner plays a blinder. Uh, there was an amazing moment where he, he, he finished the set and everyone was screaming for more. He had no more songs. He played like every song he had. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, go on then, I'll do a request. And Sean shouted, back for good. And he just played back for good by Take That. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, how does he know that? But obviously, so it was some dickhead shouting out the stupidest song they could. I'll shout out a Take That song. And he just... And he smashed it. He, yeah. he took him a... He was like, yeah, this caught... Yeah. And he just uh, he just played back for good by Take That. Um, and everyone sang along and it was an amazing moment. And then I went to cash up. I had £800. <laughs> Frank Turner was £800. <laughs> so I couldn't pay the PA. I couldn't pay the door and the girl. Yeah. Uh, the door and the girl. The girl, the girl the and the door. The door yeah, yeah. I was like, I know you normally get paid 30 quid, mate, right? But like, we fucked up here. Yeah. And yeah. like, it, it's, it's my fault. But... um. Yeah, my boss was fuming. Um, How was the gig? It was amazing. It was sold out. It was brilliant. He played back for good. Great. Nice. But th the bad news is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We charged everyone £2. £8 less. So all the profit yeah. that you could have had, yeah. Um, Frank so Turner once told us off for um, smoking weed outside the cockpit in Leeds, actually. Did he? He told you off for smoking. He's so punk rock. Race played... Um, we played Road to Ghost Fest, and it was, like, mm. fixed, because we, we were, like, an entry to Ghost Fest yeah. just before we broke up. But... um. Which was in Coppet 3. Uh, Frank Turner, what's his other band called? Mongol Horde. Yeah, played Coppet 2. Um, oh yeah. And it was like a sold out gig, blah, blah, blah. And we got to watch him for a bit. And we were we were like outside of the venue, smoking weeds. We were playing with some bands that we were quite good friends <laughs> so with. Cool. And we were like, you know, hanging out, having some beer, smoking some weed. And uh, I'm the only rock star slash music promoter slash nightclub rep that I know that just doesn't and never has taken any drugs. <laughs> I just, I'm so boring, like, honestly. Yeah. I've got some good drug stories, yeah. which we'll come to, but yeah, so boring. So you were smoking weed and Frank Turner. Yeah, so Frank Turner comes out, tells us that he kind of, like, spied backstage and watched some of the bands and stuff, really enjoyed it, really liked what we're doing, blah, blah, blah. We're all fucking buzzing, Frank Turner. Back if, I mean, if it, if it was the time that it is now, we'd have got some pictures with him and put them on Instagram, and he, like... We had a really good time. Yeah, all hail Frank Turner. Had like, yeah, what a cool guy. Blah, blah blah. Went back, played the gig, and then the um, not the promoter who runs a cockpit for Live Nation, who's like everybody knows Ben something who runs Slam Dunk. Not him, but whoever was running the cockpit at the time kind of came over and went, yeah. So like Frank Turner's just like kind of came over and said like you were all like smoking weed and he doesn't really want you to do that. And we were like, hey, he was like, <laughs> do like you think I it mean, was just him. Do you think he, he was like, I'll tell them that Frank said it? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Frank Turner was like, I mean, he didn't say 
can I can I have some? But he <laughs> might as well have like he was yeah, that close yeah. and he was like hanging out with us and he had a beer with us and blah blah blah. And like, you know, like I was like, eh and they were like, Yeah, he said, Can you just like not do it? And we were like, Yeah, all right. And obviously we were like, Yeah, yeah, Shut of course we'll stop it. Shut and then obviously just like obviously didn't pay any attention to it and kind of continued to do what we do. But yeah, I found that a bit strange. But like he was he was great with us. So yeah, so maybe I, I just feel like he I don't really believe that he said it. You know no. what I mean? That is fucking weird. Remember when Trash Talk played music live? Intro festival. Quick Frank Turner story. Okay. So Frank, uh, so after Exit by Name, I decided, probably a bit inspired by Frank Turner, I'd buy an acoustic guitar yeah. and I'd be a, a punk rock troubadour mm-hmm. and I'd like record some acoustic stuff and put it, I can't really sing. It was like, r- you Phil play drums. Band. Yeah, Phil Saunders is the band. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Why did we call it that? It's a joke. But anyway... Rick Baker TV, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Baker TV talks about Phil Saunders, the band with Phil yeah. Saunders. Uh, so much ego in the room right now. But um, <laughs> it was such a weird thing because I really wanted to do it and it was really good fun, but uh, whatever. Uh, and it boggled my mind to this day that people would book me for gigs, give me good shows, pay me good money, and I would yeah. go and play these songs on an acoustic guitar. I was playing, I was playing like two-finger power chords on an acoustic guitar like three chord, two chord, like bad punk songs. Anyway, I did all right for a bit. So got asked to support Frank Turner. Yeah. New Year's Eve, uh, a club in Darlington. Uh, it was sold out. It was amazing. And we got there and I asked Kev to come play with me, sort of like second guitar. As, as, I mean, we en- ended up doing a full band. You played drums. Yeah. Um, and well, Jamie played drums as well. And then you played drums. Anyway, yeah. so me and Kev played it as like a, a, a duo, acoustic, played my songs, did like a rancid cover, and I, I still bump into people who are not like Jonesy, who plays drums in Bruo, was like, that came up in conversation. And he was like, I was at that gig. It was amazing. And yeah. Like, oh, wait. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm then very nervous. Played the set. It was really, really good. And backstage, Frank Turner says, at midnight, I'm on at 11.30, right? No, yeah. I'm on at 11. And my set's going to finish at midnight. I'm going to play Old Lang Syne. Will you guys come up on stage and play Old Lang Syne with me? I'll yeah, show yeah, you the yeah. chords now. And I was like, i got, I got to work. <laughs> because I was the promoter of the Middlesbrough Empire. Yeah. And it was New Year's Eve. And there was pyro rigged in the ceiling. My girlfriend was there. My fiance was there at the uh-huh. time. I was like, right. that one maybe the, yeah, the fact that Claire was there. I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to stay in Darl always. And Kevin was looking at me like, you fucking. And he just looked at me like, like Frank Turner looked at me. You know, if I was Frank Turner at that point, I would have went, no worries, mate. You know, you got to pay, you know, you got to go to work. Like he, Frank Turner should have known like how gutted I was to have to say I can't do that. Yeah. Not only would it be really, co- I get to play Old Lang Syne at midnight to 400 people but with Frank Turner. Like, oh my god, this is going to be amazing. I've got to turn that down. But he just looked at me like, you dick. <laughs> like he was just like, you're going to work. You're fucking joking me. Yeah, he, he, yeah. Didn't, he didn't speak to me for the rest of the year. We were in that dressing room no for another 20 minutes. And he was just kind of like, didn't speak to me. He was a bit, bit weird. I said to Kev, what, what are you doing? You coming to the Empire? He's like, no, I'm staying. And he was kind of like, and he was Kev sort of played with him, did he? Did Kev play with him? No, he didn't. And that no was what way. was really weird. It was kind of like, Kev was like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, 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 I'm hanging around. I think I'll be here. And he was just like, oh, I, I, I yeah, probably, I probably won't bother doing it now. And there was, a, there was a girl that was on before me, like a Darlington lass who, who was really good as well. And she was kind of there going like, I'll do it. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, it was kind of like, it was almost like, he was like, oh, no, fuck it. Like, fuck everybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> this guy's going to work. It wasn't about like, because he couldn't do it with me. It was more like, you're going to work. Yes. That was like yeah, the yeah, opposite yeah. of punk rock. Cool. Although it was a pretty punk rock event in the midst of Empire, I recall. Yeah. So, yeah. so you were about to start a story and I interrupted you. 
Well, yeah, I was going to start Drugs. two stories. Um, drug story? No, but <laughs> well, one don't like drugs. First one was was kind of seg- segued with um, just interesting kind of stage manager story. Do you remember yeah. when um, when Life is played at the Empire? <laughs> that was it. That's the top of my list. Specific, like so. We we did a few. There's a local band called Lifeless who I really like. Um, and we they did a few gigs. Yeah. Now I don't know if I'm talking about the same gig here. Okay. But there's a thing we did at Sumo when Rick and I ran a very popular rock night called Sumo, which yeah. is still very popular and very good. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's not looked Long after live. by ourselves. Long live the king. Um, but we we put two bands on at the same time. Yeah. Right Was the it the same night? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The same gig. So the I- Glass of Avalanche one. Yeah. So yeah, the, the two biggest um, rock bands at the time were Lifeless, who were like thrash metal. And Glass Avalanche, who were like punk rock. And we had the idea, we would put them on at the same time. Yeah. So there's two drum risers, there's two drum kits, the, all the band were on the stage at the same time. And they'd play a song each. And he looked in the camera then, is that a podcast for You can do it if you want, yeah, yeah, it's all right. So the stage looked amazing. It was lit really right by like Paul and Jonesy. It was probably Paul Martin who lit it. Uh, uh, Nathan had done a fantastic... Yeah, it was w- class, I remember it? pitching it to Nathan Stevenson, the sound engineer, also all hail the king Nathan yeah, Stevenson. Yeah, long so we're like uh, how many channels you got we're gonna have both you know there's essentially gonna be like 10 musicians all going through every channel so and it was mint and the bands kind of played along but lifeless had obviously th- saw it as a little bit of a competition I think they both did I think glass avalanche did like a cheeky cover yeah yeah, um, yeah. did they do my own worst enemy by lit I can't remember it was pretty good um good but lifeless that. obviously would thinking like we, we want to be the standout band here yeah so um they brought a pig's head on, a, a re, a, like not just a pig's head, right? But like the biggest pig's head I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. And I remember seeing it at the side of the stage and saying to like Nixon or Pacey or one of those like, what so you, yeah, yeah. yeah, what are you gonna do with that? And they were like, <laughs> just like little kids, like, <laughs> and, I, and they were like, then there was a kind of they were kind of like, you, like please don't, like I can imagine the effort it went to to get this, like this pig's head was huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, not the only time pig's heads have been on the stage in the Empire, I believe. Yeah, Rick. Um, we put it on a spike, yeah. Yeah, so I always felt bad about that gig, but we'll come to that. So Lifeless were bringing a pig's head on, and I was like, whatever you do, please, please promise me, don't throw it in the crowd. Yeah. Right, just whatever you do. So they throw it in the crowd, and it's getting kicked around like a football, and there's just this, like, red stripe, like, not the only red stripe in the Empire that <laughs> night. Uh, we, uh, But yeah, it's just kind of, s- there's blood everywhere. I mean, God forbid it was, like, 2017, and vegans were, like, like an army like they are now. They get fucking like, shot now. Yeah, yeah, yeah not yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, it would have been like front page of the Gazette, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was horrific. Uh, so we got that kind of sorted. I think I got a bin bag. Like yeah, any good yeah, stage yeah, manager, yeah, went, yeah. To the, um, went to the ice room, uh, like behind, behind the scenes in the Empire, where the ice machine is. Don't know why I called it the ice room. Got a bin bag. Dutifully put the pig's head in a bin bag. And you, it's these points as a stage manager where you're going like, I can't believe this is my fucking job. Yeah. Um, threw it in like the dark corners of the side of the Empire stage where it probably still is. <laughs> it's probably a bag of flies now, <laughs> ironically. Uh, and and kind of continue to watch the show. So then they bring on Steve Jones yeah. for his amateur fire breathing routine. Yeah. So Using ice and sugar. Yeah, I believe that. You I, can like, fire breathe with ice and sugar. Yeah. So it's it's yeah, so obviously all the all the young rebels that might be out there doing it being yeah. I, don't I, don't I, do it. Don't well, try this at home. Is that yeah. what you're doing now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, I just if fucking if you have a lighter and you spit ice and sugar into it, it creates like a flamethrower effect. So Steve Jones is on stage. So we're still speaking to you now, and like yes, uh, he's I a good like guy. Steve Jones, yeah, yeah. Um, good chef. 
Yeah, great chef. Yeah, Ironically, yeah. so the singer from Lifeless is also now a good chef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I remember seeing Steve Jones on stage spitting fire, but like because it's ice and sugar, it kind of catches fire and it kind of like melts and it was like landing on it's people's like napalm. hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it did. So I, I remember kind of running to the DJ box, and for those of you that don't know the Empire, the DJ box faces the stage, but you've got to get through 400 people before you get there. So I kind of go to the DJ box. Well, 600 people, going. Rick. Remember, well, yeah, remember yeah, the yeah, rules yeah. of uh, like club promotion. You've got to add 200. I'm just going, what the <laughs> fuck do I do? I remember you looking at me and going, you need to sort that out. And I was like... <laughs> Did I delegate that? Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I fucking do, yeah, yeah. And Did I, like, I say that? Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, it's all right. It's, it's like my making, and I remember running <laughs> on stage. <laughs> Trial by fire. Up the side of the stage, yeah, literally, and going, Steve, get the fuck off stage. And he was like, no, no, I'll just do one more. And I was like, you fucking won. I was like, that girl's hair is on fire. Yeah. Like, get over She had a beanie on, like, didn't she? All right, yeah, Saved yeah, yeah. Kind of like, stuck, yeah. She was one of their mates, as far yeah, as, as, as I recall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She thought it was hilarious. It was also the night that Danny... Belterell, whatever her actual name is, um, went vegan because of that picture. Oh, really? Yeah, that landed me where it, j- it just revolted her so much that she went vegan and she's been vegan ever since. That's amazing. Yeah. So, well, so someone's hair got set on fire. Um, yeah. yeah. What I wanted to talk to you about, do you, remember, do you remember Trash Talk? Yes. Yeah. Do you remember when, because um, that was kind of like, I, I specifically remember Trash Talk, we'd had no contract from from a few days. So, to to kind of set the scene, we were we were running a festival. We they were in the courtyards in Middlesbrough Music Live. Yeah, two thousand um, and Trash Talk were playing, yep. and we'd had no contact from them for a few days. And I was stage managing. I was running that stage. You were um, the sumo stage, we called it. Yeah, and we just didn't know if Trash Talk were going to turn up. Um, about ten minutes before they were due to play, literally no no contact from them. Which in the kind of like music industry is, you at least hear them from them a day before. Yeah. And they say, yeah, we're going to be there. We'd had none of that. So I didn't know if we were going to have like an hour gap in the day where fucking trash talk were just like a bit fed up and they just weren't going to bother playing. Five minutes, bef- 10 minutes before they were supposed to play, they turn up in a fucking black sprinter van and they pull up like next to the courtyard, fucking smoke coming out the windows. Yeah. <laughs> you all like fall out of the van on skateboards and they're like... <laughs> This exactly how you would hope yeah. talk to arrive at a music the festival. The driver winds the window down, smoke billows out like a Snoop Dogg video, and looks yeah. at me and goes, hey, we're trash talking, we're fucking late. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, you are. I was like, y- yeah. You're fucking on. And he was like, yeah, I'll sort the guys out. So they all fucking get the cabs out. Literally put the cabs on skateboards to fucking like bling, blah, blah, get all the stuff on stage. The drummer's telling me I was a cage fighter, and I'm like, oh my God, you're the scariest people on the fucking planet. Your skin's yeah. got scars all over his face. Yeah. Get on stage, set up, and the last words you said to me was, let me know before they start because I need all the security. I need to brief everyone. I need to get everyone in place. And yeah, I need to make sure that that barrier at the front of the stage has got lots of pit crew on it. Yeah, and I'm saying, no problem. I will hold them up. <laughs> just didn't happen. And yeah. so they all set up on stage and they all looked at me and they went, we're ready to go. And I went, you haven't sound checked? And they went, it doesn't matter. We are starting now. And I was like, <gasps> and then just started. And yeah. I was like, oh, no. So I remember going, I couldn't find you. And then the band was starting and trash talk turned turn around. And they're notorious for like creating chaos within the crowd. Yeah. And there's maybe 500 people. There's an ice cream van, which we are the ocean smashed up, which is another story. <laughs> and um, the the literally the singer kind of turns around and goes, right. And I remember seeing your face at the top of the stairs when the <laughs> sing, singer turned around and went, I want everybody in the crowd to turn around and run the opposite direction yeah. into the sound desk and just smash all that gear up. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and the funniest thing was we had like this like. 
10 grand steel barrier yeah. at the front of the stage. Like if you go to a gig and it's a rock gig, there's a barrier. Yeah, it's because yeah, everyone yeah. stands against it and you have that little like, they call it, the, I guess it's the pit. Isn't, um, it's like a little like area. So if you're stage, if you're crowd surfing, you kind of go over, you get put into that bit and walk to safety. You've got somewhere to land. You know, yeah. there's a huge big steel barrier. Now yeah. at the other end of that courtyard, there's a little sound desk in a in a thirty pound Argos gazebo <laughs> with no protection. <laughs> yeah, probably yeah, like, yeah, probably like you know, like yeah, a, a some, quarter of a million like pounds worth of very like small sound police desk. barrier about this high. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was like was a little it. bit of railing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it just got the, the whole thing just like because people like don't the whole push thing against just it. slid, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Five hundred kids just like <laughs> turned around and ran at it, and we yeah. all just went. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. Yeah, I just remember going. At Sumo in Durham, when we got there and we were trying to establish it, we were putting on, so we were you know, booking some, what we thought were like big bands, or as big as bands as we could get to play yeah. this like 400 capacity room. So we had Frank Turner, um, and there's a band from America called Bullets and Octane. Yeah, yeah, I remember, remember them. them. Yeah. So we put Bullets and Octane on, and it was me and a guy called Steve Joblin, I yeah. think it was working there. And um, we didn't book a barrier, and the, like, it was like Bullets and Octane from LA. Uh, if you like Guns N' Roses, you'll love Bullets Knocked In. That was the fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really liked the album. I thought it was really good, but I just didn't expect anyone to be there. It was Durham. It was a new town. There was a bit of like a pop punk following. That, that we were only six weeks into Sumo in Durham. And it was like a glam rock band, really. You yeah. Know? But they were like, you know, they were like heavily tattooed, heavily drinking. Um, remind me to tell you the men, women, and children corner house story after this. So, you know, and from somewhere 400 crazy mosh pit glam rock dudes yeah. from Durham turned up to this gig absolutely packed and the tour manager was like we don't have a barrier and I was like no and he was like well you're going to have to sort something I don't care what you do but you're going to have to have something and okay. the sound guy was like my monitors are going to get like like completely obliterated yeah, the crowd yeah. are just going to surge forward all the stuff the guitarists pedals the monitors are just going to get squished it was like a yeah. tiny little daft room in Durham you know so me and Steve Joblin decided that the best thing to do is we would stand at the front so the band are behind us playing. Going, oh, yeah, fuck, yeah, rock yeah, and roll, diddle yeah, diddle yeah. and behind us. There's 400 people in front of us. Me and Steve stood there holding hands. <laughs> Again, you're inexperienced. These these are the things that make... You think you had to you had to stop Steve Jones yeah, with some ice yeah, and sugar. Yeah. So this is me. This is my kind of like learning. Because no one Couldn't tells you, you how it would be. Oh, go on stage, manager show in Durham. No one gave me a manual saying... This Have is a what barrier you do. In case yeah. So I'm kind of yeah. stood there holding hands with Steve. And it's about so we're getting squished, tossed and turned. And at one, I think the singer who's called Gene, who's an absolutely amazing individual. He's like yeah, such yeah. a nice guy. He's got some amazing. He's got like a full back piece tattoo. Right. Of Spy versus Spy. You know the old retro video game of the yeah, two like yeah, sort yeah. of rat things. Anyway. So he just scoops me up and puts me over his shoulder. And for the next two songs of the set, <laughs> like I'm not. I'm six foot tall. I'm not a little yeah, guy. Yeah, and you know, yeah, I wasn't yeah. a kid. I was like 25. And he just did, he had Mike in hand, me over his shoulder, <laughs> just kind of, like, and in between like lines of the song, just like ripping the pace, going, hey, I got, I got security here. You guys can come on stage now. <laughs> it was just, it was amazing. And then he put me down. He was like, hey, it's cool. Just enjoy the show. So I sort of like, I think I sort of crouched at the side. Yeah. Trying to like, you know, I want to watch, I want to watch for health and safety purposes. Yeah, do, yeah, do, yeah, Feeling like I was dutifully involved, but... They were just like, just enjoy the show. It's fine. Just Nothing's going to get broke. I kind of wish I chilled out a little bit more in, in my role, but in, in terms of stage manager and stuff with 10 feet tall and that, I like, I yeah, <laughs> remember, just, I it, remember letting... It stressed me out. Like, I didn't mind it. I loved I, I loved my time at 10 feet tall. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. did really stress about stuff. You, like, you, I worried You're essentially res responsible. It, it's hard to... It's funny because it's hard to enjoy the show yeah. when, when, you know, you... you 
you're concerned about things like that happening. <laughs> I remember I remember Let Live playing and thinking this is fucking wild. And the singer going up to the balcony of the Empire, climbing up, and it got a chair from the top of the Empire and flung it to the middle of the floor of the Empire. Got down. Then the next song got a, a song called Mother. Got a girl sat her in the chair and then serenaded her. And like out of all of the chaos of all the night that had happened, Sam, remember Sam who used to work at the Empire, yeah. was kind of like Ash's manager, <laughs> manageress came over and said you better make sure that fucking chair goes back to where it was and <laughs> i was like out of the whole gig <laughs> yeah. that's your issue that's like, that's just, like just an empire thing you know chair, like, like i love the empire and they're yeah. an amazing team and they run a tight ship it's one of the cleanest nightclubs it's one of the best yeah. management clubs but they do find the strangest little thing yeah. don't they and i was like, like he's jumped off that balcony yeah. And like could have broke both his legs. Yeah. And there's a fucking wild man going around the stage. Yeah, there's a member of the public being dragged and you know, yeah, put yeah, down yeah, yeah. Like yeah. And you better make sure that chair goes. Yeah, I was like <laughs> I was like, if you want me to do anything tonight, I'll make sure that fucking chair goes back. <laughs> like that's the yeah. least of my worries. She's funny one, Sam. Yeah. She's brilliant. But, um, she's class. Yeah. Oh yeah, she was great. Like I that other bit. She was she was she was fun to work with, but yeah, I was just like, oh, okay, if that's your only issue then. Uh, since that barrier bullets knocked in thing I booked a barrier for every single show yeah we booked we put on uh, a show at Spenceley's Emporium yeah and uh, I got offered I got an email from a German agent saying I've got a tour package do you want it? it's 500 quid it was D's Nuts A Ghost Inside yeah Awaken yeah, yeah. Demons and somebody else pretty someone good someone else good I remember it was a phenomenal game. I was yeah. like 500 quid for Fallen Dreams that's what it was yep yep so I was like right 500 quid so I'm going to need it's 7 quid a ticket I need 100 people that play the band I'm going to need about 200 people to break even uh-huh. this is a piece of cake no it's not it's Borough and there's going to be 42 people there yeah. uh, including including yes and it was it was a nightmare it was rubbish but I remember the bands laughing they're like why have you hired this barrier? There's <laughs> nobody here. And JJ Peters was like, you know, on the stage in Spenceley's, it's kind of like yeah, they would build a stage over the steps, but there's still like the handrail sticking out. Yeah. And he was kind of like sitting on it and like doing a little slide down it, like taking the piss. And um, yeah, they were like, why have you booked this? Why have you hired this barrier? And like, we carried, you might have done it with me. Yeah, we carried yeah, yeah. that fucking barrier from the town show, hall. Yeah, we yeah, dragged yeah. those pieces of steel from the town hall down Albert Road to put it in. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, I've lost my boss loads of money. I've put on an embarrassingly quiet show. <laughs> Nights he had the chariot the same night in the crown. No, it was Did the he? night after. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, it was bad yeah, medicine yeah, rock yeah. club. It was Wednesday. Nights and Toby went to that show as well. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. I didn't go to the chariot the following night to, to my shame because I was just like, fuck middle, fuck, fuck live yeah, music. Yeah. And I, uh, like, I was just so like pissed off because I'd lost my boss and hundreds of pounds on the yeah. show. And we went through a run. It was like it was a really. I lost a lot of faith in, in Middlesbrough, Soz. Uh, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it was like, right, we've got, we, hey, because we, we were team sumo mm-hmm. and we would do gigs that were rock gigs that were weren't, if we couldn't, we couldn't get the band to play a Friday, we would still be like, so we got Cancer Bats. Yeah, yeah, So we yeah, did yeah. Cancer Bats, we did Gallows, no, supported up, yeah. by Poison the Well. Poison the Well pu- pulled, but they came back. Poison the Well played but Uncle Albert's, Albert's yeah, on yeah, a bank holiday Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember at I the time. 30 people went. Yeah, right. There was 400 people attending the Facebook event. And again, that was it. Right. it that, talk about Which le- is learning. unheard of now. Yeah. 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 Um, 400 people attending the Facebook event. Well, I, uh, you know, just put that box of flyers in the bin. We don't need to go flyering, Rick, because... There's going to be 400 people trying to get an uncle. Albert's watched Poison the Welts, 30 people cack. Yeah. Scarlet Desire supplies. Yeah, I remember. Um, it was good gig, that. So. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mr. enjoyed it as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It was an amazing show. But yeah, there was just like a run. It was like D's Nuts, Ghost Inside, Cancer Bats, Gallows, Poison the Well. Nobody wants to watch these amazing, yeah. cool, post-hardcore bands in Middlesbrough. 
So the the yeah, but it, it was a shame because it was I was just putting all my favorite bands on, yeah, and no yeah. one was coming. I remember fucking mm. up um, Lord and Atlantis, <laughs> their intro. So Lord and Atlantis were I think they had one album out. They're obviously nowhere near as big as they are now, and yep. um, they were still a bit strange then. And I thought they were like dead big and dead cool. It's fine. Um, this was Bad Medicine Rock Club on yeah. a Wednesday night in Boyle. They were playing downstairs. Yeah. And, uh, Whoever had supported them, and I was DJing in between bands, and and then the night afterwards, and the Lord and Atlantis came up to me and they said, "Right, when we say like we're ready, we want you to like literally just cut the music, just fucking stop it dead, mm. and then we'll start with a song like straight away. We'll kick in, blah blah blah." So I was yeah. like, "Right, are you sure? Yeah, okay." Started up whole intro, blah blah. blah. So do you want a song? Can you give me the song so I can play that? Like, no, we want you to fucking kill it dead when we give you the signal, and then we'll like. So yeah. I was like, "Right, cool." So fucking playing whatever, Motico, blah, blah, blah. Lone Atlantis is setting up, blah, blah, blah. Checking the guitars, everything sorted. Give me a nod to go, like, we're ready to go. So I'm like, you sure? Yeah, yeah, like, go. Like, stop the music now, bro. You sure? Yeah, right, stop the music. So I fucking stop the music. And then you're just fucking, fucking, like, <laughs> you know, like, there's been, like, blaring music. Everyone's having a good time. Everyone's dancing, lights, yep. blah, blah, blah. And the music just stops. So everyone stops, looks at the band, and they all look at me. <laughs> <laughs> and I go... You did what he said. Yeah, yeah, this is this is what you oh wanted. Man. And they go, fucking hell, we're not ready. And I'm like, <laughs> just uh. fucking. And I'm like, do you want me to? So I like gradually like kind of fade the music up and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they come over and fucking brain on the window and like put my head round. Go, you all right? And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you can you just fade the end of this song out so like you can like ease us into it? I'm like, yeah. Like, why do you fucking want to do that? Is that? Oh. And then it's like. My like piss poor claim to fame. I've got a million claims to fame, but like that's one of them is just like completely fucking up Lone Atlantis's start of the set because I went boom and they go, oh yeah, oh. actually we're there, we're not ready. So I had to fade it out and then they started when they were comfortable. So that night, they stayed over at a friend of mine's house, mm -hmm. and in the morning about now, it, for the record, yeah. it might not have been Lone than Atlantis allegedly. The, the, yeah. So as in, it might have been the members of the actual band. It might have been the merch guy, Tim lighting guy. Yeah, it could yeah, have been yeah. the road crew or whatever. I was just so a drummer, as if the drummer's not part of the yeah, band. Yeah. But so yeah, it yeah. might not have been the beautiful, uh, talented members of the multi-million selling Lord Atlantis. It could have been their friends that were with them. Because it was Lord Atlantis plus like hangers yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So they all stayed over at my mate's house. I think it was Tom Roberts, but I could be wrong. Yeah. So the next morning, Tom wakes up. It's like eight o'clock in the morning. And he's like, no, oh, he's just had lower than Atlantis still over in his uh -huh. house. He's playing pretty good, you know what I mean? Um, and he hears like what looks like everybody leaving. So he's like, what, they're not even going to say goodbye? Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So he goes to the front door. They're all there with all the gear and all the rucksacks. And when he looks, all the DVDs and CDs in his house, Wasn't all the Xbox games as well. Yeah, yeah, all the shelves in his living room are empty. And he was like, <laughs> so guys, do, do, do you have all my games and DVDs <laughs> and movies? And uh, I think the story goes that they just kind of, dutifully unzip their Step backpacks empty the bags, yeah, empty yeah, in the bag yeah, put it all down and just that. hastily yeah, yeah, left yeah. and it was just like oh man yeah it's funny you know, I, had, I had loads of bands stay over in my tiny little flat in, in U Street in Middlesbrough yeah, in, yeah. Um, above the butchers where they sold pig's heads yeah and they were all <laughs> they were all great I'd like feed the yeah. rhino TRC name the band they all stayed over and fucking bless them they all managed to like cram themselves in my tiny little flat and they're yeah. all fucking fantastic it was great I remember having like pressing competitions with the singer from TRC yeah. who's now got like a lifestyle blog and stuff yeah. and like did you beat him in your press up competition no i like i remember <laughs> challenging him to it and then backing down and talking to him a bit about <laughs> jujitsu and lister was like i'll fucking beat you and he was like i remember it like because the guy was in <laughs> shape and looking yeah. at lister and backing lister wasn't like 
in the shift and kind of looking at Usman going, I'm going to fucking have you for breakfast. Yeah. And, he, and he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, um, um, so when, when men, women and children played the corner house. Yeah. And um, this was at a time, the corner house, if you're not familiar with it, was like a U-shape. Mm-hmm. And the good thing about this venue was you could open bits of it. If you expected a busy night, you'd open like this full U-shaped building, which was like three rooms. Yeah. If you're expecting a quiet night, you could just open one. So it was like rock room through into a big indie room and then we call it room three yeah yeah which you'd have like maybe it was like so there's like rock indie and then we had like a rotation didn't we so it's like fashion fill playing like pop crepe stuff uh, yeah 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 uh jt Crips, electro um bobzilla was in there what double denim called? had a set there double denim yeah, yeah, yeah trucker yeah. rock with rick baker um all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, blackjack rabbits burlesque danny yeah. would be in there doing uh, you know burlesque acts and amazing like ned and Catherine would do like and uh-huh. trudy would do rock and roll dj sets really good times um but when we had a band on the band would play the indie room just because that was the best room for a band not necessarily indie bands but punk uh-huh. rock bands um and then we'd use that room for the dressing room yeah. So basically, we'd staple gun a bit of black fabric to the yeah, ceiling. Yeah, yeah. And the bands would, would just be like, this is the dressing room, you know, like the whatever. So bands that played the corner house, I mean, there was like Enishkari, Gallows, Skid Row, The Sheilas. Yeah. Um, Skin Dread, Cap Down, loads of good gigs that were part of the Sumo Club night. And we had this band, Men, Women and Children. Yeah. Who had like one kind of like... Hit, but basically, it was the guy from Glassjaw. Yeah, I think yeah, that was yeah, a thing. Yeah, it was yeah. like a really poppy. When you think about it, and you listen to the album now, it's like a Jamiroquai album or something. But yeah. it was the guitarist from Glassjaw. So everyone was buzzing about the Americans, and there was like seven of them in the band. And um, basically, what happened was I kind of walked, played the gig, and they were all like kind of American and drunk and having a good time. So I walked through the black curtain into this black backstage area, which, if anyone remembers, the corner house was like. The corner house corner door. Yeah, we would yeah, lock yeah. It was that. Like the entry door. Use the other door near the back of the train yeah. station. So like, uh, and basically there was like a fully blown orgy going on. And in all my time of stage management shows, I've not really seen like we worked with like we've stage managed you know, I don't know Kasabian, Biffy Clyro, Goldie Luck and Chain. I've seen some uh, dodgy stuff. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Um, The darkness, rock metal, the darkness. Like I don't know some fairly rock and roll acts. I'd never, I've never walked in on anyone getting like a sneaky blowy yeah. or like, <laughs> or I've never walked in on anyone taking drugs or anything. It's just, it's not happened. So I walked in on Dara O'Brien and ironing his pants once. He was in his <laughs> underpants. He was ironing and he was like, I won't do the Irish accent, but he was like, could you iron? I'm so sorry. I hate to ask you this, but I'm so late. I want to, he wanted to read the local paper. Right. So he had some like banter. Yeah. Um, yeah this yeah. is when Dara O'Brien was tiny. It was Middlesbrough theater. Yeah. Um, so I was like, yeah, no worries. So I was ironing. I'd never ironed a pair of pants in my life. Because <laughs> I was young and I was learning as I went. So I'm ironing Darrow Breen's pants and he's reading the part. Paper. He's going, uh, why is there a place called Saltburn? What a horrific name for a place. A Saltburn. I was like, there's actually a place called Heartburn as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Are you shitting me? <laughs> you have a, you have a ta- Saltburn. Are they near each other? I was like, yeah. Anyway. So remember yeah, never seen everything. So, yeah, so yeah. it's a walked in. It's like a full, fully blown orgy, and th- th- they'd, they'd obviously got some kind of corner house regulars, and there's little white bums bobbing up and down in various <laughs> corners. And I just don't know where to look, and I spin round to the bar, which was like the main corner house bar, if anyone remembers. Yeah, it. yeah. And there's this guy who was the roadie, and he was the most typical roadie looking guy ever. Uh-huh. He was a bit toothless. He had like bald in hair, but like long at the back. He had a sleeveless denim jacket. He probably had like a, a multi tool in yeah, his belt buckle yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, I'd been chatting to him during the day. He was a really cool guy. He was like that Rody off Wayne's World, build it and they yeah, will come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So like, I didn't know where to look, and out the corner of my eye, I spotted him just with, you know, propped up against the bar. So I was like, oh, hi, mate. I, I just come through to, to pay the guys, not wanting to look at the this orgy that's Sex going orgy, around yeah, me. Yeah. Um, and I was like, what are you doing? So he had a kettle plugged in behind the bar, <laughs> and the lid of the kettle's open, and there's a bottle of vodka in it. And I shit myself because the bottle of vodka is black, like a really dark brown. Right. And straight away, I was like, why are you doing yeah, it's that? It's going to shatter. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Um, are you just being like a rock star trying to cause mayhem? You're going to hurt yourself. All these things were going through my yeah. head. I was like, mate, mate. And the, it's just the first thing that came out of my house. Uh, I came out of my mouth. <laughs> out of my house was, why, why is it black? Like thinking it's going to smash. And he was like, oh, it's all right, mate. That's just all the Mars bars. <laughs> and I was like, what? So I kind of like started to laugh. I was like, tell me what you're doing there. He said, well, all the Mars bars that you got us on the rider, I pushed them inside this bottle of Smirnoff. I had to drink a bit out first. <laughs> But I want it to melt because I want to make chocolate vodka. Now, <laughs> 10 years ago, I don't think there was a chocolate vodka. And he he thought in his like probably drug-induced drunken phase, having not found a girl kettle. from Middlesbrough to get stuck in. Yeah, like, joining the, the RG. Yeah, yeah. He was just like, I want to make chocolate vodka. And um, he did it. And I kind of <laughs> stood with him and he kind of lifted it out very carefully. With He got some blue roll and he lifted this red hot glass bottle out. He turned the kettle off, pushed it aside and he shook it up and he poured us some chocolate vodka shots. And they were delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and when oh I was yeah, racking my brain for good rock and roll stories. That was in it. So yeah, 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 when yeah. I was sat in my living room with my, my wife and children. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll tell them the chocolate shots. Yeah. The, the At least he said it was chocolate. Yeah. The, the only strange request, and I think we've done, I think we've done two hours here. So I know, I might, yeah. Might I, uh, yeah, I, should, I really need a wee. I'm not going to name honest. the band, but... Uh, I've got so many of them. Yeah, it was a band that... that we ended up putting on a few times and the tour manager that asked me ended up fucking doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah, so the tour manager <laughs> came story. up to me and uh, it basically said, oh, and this this is probably my strangest request and I had a lot of good times with a lot of bands um, and I hope I, I still will in the future with some friends. Um, but yeah, he, he came up to me and said, oh, he went, do you think, he, he was trying to like beat you on, basically he was trying to ask for drugs but without asking for drugs, because yeah. he was trying to suss me out, and he said, oh, do you, do you think you can get me anything extra? And I was like, what the fuck are you on about? And he, he kind of went, you know, like, something else on the rider. And I was like, do you want some <laughs> fucking more hummus? Like, I was like, what, yeah. what do you mean? And I was like, I'll go to Tesco, blah, blah. And he was like, no, no, like, uh, something else. And I went, all oh, right. I, I, I went, I get you. I went, what, what specifically are you after? Because I went, in my mind, I was kind of thinking, you know, if you want some weed, then I could probably get you some weed. If you want fucking, like, loads of cat, then I probably can't, like, I probably could have, but it's like too much effort. So, I did, and you know, my reputation's on the line. You know, I didn't want to. Yeah. When bands ask me for drugs, I'm just like, I'm so clueless. Yeah, I'm like, what do what do you ask for? So do, you want, do you want a gram of cannabis? <laughs> <laughs> do you, I, yeah. I don't know what to say. <laughs> so and he, he went, I kind of just want like just some stuff, and I was like, that's too vague. Too vague yeah. uh, what do you want? And he went, I, I know people probably say, and in the end I went, look, you, you just want some drugs, don't you? So I went, tell me what drugs you want yeah. uh, as a two manager. He went, well, the guys are just kind of up for a bit of everything, and I was ah, like, what do you mean? And he went, if I give you a hundred quid, can you just get me a mixed bag of drugs? And he went, put some pills in there, put some coke in there, put some ket in there, ah. a bit of weed. No, they've probably got some weed, just loads of powers. He went, the guys just... Don't want to have a fucking great night. When, when you've stopped recording, you'll have to tell me who this band is. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> and he went, if I give you under, can you just sort it out? And yeah. I went, no. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'd, honestly, 
it's just not a thing. It's like a mix-up. Yeah. Like, I, I just wouldn't even know where to begin. No, uh, it's it also makes you a drug dealer, technically, which you don't want to go on record saying you are, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, so I'm not a drug dealer, but yeah, it was, it was good. So, yeah, that's probably the strangest quest I kind of forgot that up until now. But I had a... And I honestly can't remember the name of the band. I'm not yeah. just withholding it, but it was an American band, and they played in the rock box of the Empire. <laughs> so <laughs> it was this all happened in the rock box. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So uh, the, 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 it was actually I think it was the merch guy, American. Like, wasn't the band? Wasn't uh-huh. the members of the band that, uh, unnamed? But he was like, "Can you get me some weed?" And I was like, "I, I just, I'm not yeah. the guy to ask." I, just I got a no lot of weed for a lot of bands. I'll be yeah. honest. So yeah. I said, "Look, I, I can like text a few people who might know a few people who might know a few people who." Uh-huh. Um, so that's what I did. I texted a few people who, uh, none of my friends take drugs. We're all yeah, very yeah, old yeah. and very boring and very sensible. But kind of like the text obviously went around and my phone rang and it was like a lady. And she was like, oh, hiya, it's, I don't know, Elaine or I something. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's like Elaine or like Linda or something very kind of like, yeah, a, like yeah, a very yeah. like older lady kind of um, vibe. And I was like, look, I said, it's not for me. I don't want to know it. I don't want anything to do with it. I'll just put, so I just handed my phone. I just didn't want to uh-huh. move, but I didn't want to be in the chair. Yeah, 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 my phone yeah, yeah. to like Randy from Florida yeah. or, wha- or whatever his name was. And he was just like, yeah, yeah, I've got like 80 pounds and yeah, cool. Anyway, so my phone rang again half an hour later and I was like, he's like, oh, sh- she says she's out the back of the empire. How do we get there? You know, it's the empire. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. So took this guy out, met this woman who was like 60 <laughs> in like a duffel <laughs> coat, like white hair. Like she looked like she was just someone's nana who yeah. like missed the last bus. And I was just like, oh my God. So they did this like drug deal. Uh, I guess that's what it was. And I was just like, oh, whatever. So we kind of like walked back up the stairs, up to the rock box, and, you know, just happy that we could just get on with sound check and everything was sorted. I just kind of wanted to forget about it. So we walked in the room and the guy's like waving the bag like this and all the guys in the band were like, oh, yeah, you just, Randy sorted a score. And he was like, this dude's mom brought us weed. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's not what and I thought, nah, nah, yeah, it wasn't my mom, yeah. guys. I don't, even, I don't know who that was. Yeah, I, yeah. I, like, I was getting high fives. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because your mom was cool as fuck. Like, yeah. Your mom's a dealer. It's like, no. If only they knew. If they knew my mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, so, yeah. That's that. And that. On that, we'll uh, leave it there. Yeah, good. Good end. Thank end you. on a high. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. It's all right. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate it.